see, I don't see time as a linear thing. No, the past, the present, and the future are all happening at once. And they say, if you shine a light bright enough, it will be seen for millions and millions of years. And tonight, I shine the brightest light ever when I beat Okada, and it will be remembered forever. Because I am the best super heavyweight in the world. I am the top dog. I am mighty, and the mighty don't kneel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially Aussie Vader. My name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hey, my name is Mr. Andy, or that Mr. Guy, or whatever you want to call me. I'll pretty much answer to anything. And man, I'm excited, Luke. Uh, We got three shows to cover. They're three big shows, and not only that, but we got some of the best storytelling, you know, psychology and physical pro wrestling like that ever exists. And we're going to talk about it all today on this episode of the Never Open Podcast. 32! I just wanted to say 32. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're going to cover nights, uh, was it 11, 12, and 13? Yes, sir. Of the G1 Climax, a 32. There's no real news to report, so we're not going to report on any news. In fact, it's it's all all G1. Oh, we do have an email that will we'll drop in at some point. Oh yeah. So uh, if anyone email. wants to uh, interact with us, they can. We're on the Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guy is at Drusifer Tweets. So collectively, we're at Never Open Pod, and you can send written or voice emails at Never Open. Yeah, at neveropenpod at gmail.com. Yeah, all of that stuff. And if you like all the stuff that we do, you can help us out by buying merch. You also look awesome in it. Never as fuck as well. So Teespring, do that. So, you know, I don't really plug that so much. So, yeah, I'm doing it now. Yeah, buy shirts. That'd be cool. You know, yeah. I appreciate it. You know, but Luke, I, I, I have a little bone to pick with something you said there. You said that we don't have any news to report on, but that's not true. Oh. Because this first night is, uh, you know, G1 30, 32, night 11. Uh, excuse me, night 11. It's in this place, <laughs> called, <laughs> this place called Eheim or Eheimi Perfector. And, um, this uh, place, this venue that they're at, it's, uh, you know, it's located in, in the perfector of my here, whatever. Um, and it's located on the island of Shikoku. And this perfector has a population of over a million people. That's a lot of people. And uh, so this this venue, though, it's near the capital, largest city there. And um, note of Actually, I'm looking at this and everything that I have written down here is just uh, information about the Perfector and there's no information at all about the actual building. But they wrestled in a building. They did. In a Perfector. They had to. They wouldn't let them wrestle outside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the Island of Death or whatever, the, you know, the Death Island, Island Death Match, that, that island got shut down after that. 
you know it's sorry they bled too much in the grass and the in the grass the grass was just really itchy as well mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah that's no, bad. Just you, you know that they should have done a spot an itchy spot in that match where like you know <laughs> okay i can't remember who was in it they like take the grass and start rubbing it on each other oh no that's gonna that was- irritate my skin no, they they were too busy calling spots. Let's do the roll around spot. Okay. <laughs> Wanna roll now around? You look again? at me. That's the <laughs> opposite of calling spots in that match because <laughs> they just stare at each other. It's it's Masa Saito is who I was thinking of. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. And uh, Tony But uh let's let's get into it. We are at the home. I don't know how to fucking pronounce that either. <laughs> uh, we swear by the way, be aware of that. <laughs> Professionalism, my job. We start off with Jado and Tamatonga versus Kosa Vegeta and <clears throat> David Finley. Why is this match? I don't know. Because Finley and Tamatonga are in different blocks. But, you know, it's fun. It's high energy. I get a Urinagi backbreaker in it, which I like. And t- t- Tamatonga gets brabbed, which always makes me laugh when the young lions are brabbing, <laughs> brabbing wrestlers. But uh, Scorpion Deathlock by Tamatonga on Vegeta. Yeah, it's interesting. In this match, um, Kevin Kelly on commentary, of course, he mentions that uh, Tomatonga reminds him of Brad Armstrong. And I was like, wait a second. Listen to the show? Fuck you. So that was interesting because I had made that comment recently. But uh, Luke, our next match is Team Filthy versus (laughs) (laughs) the Great O'Conn and no one. I didn't write who else was in this match. Oh, it's Will Ospreay. (laughs) There you go. Um, And... uh, Tom Lawler says he wants the best wrestler in Japan. Great Ocon. Good call. Very good, Tom Lawler. Yep. He's a fan of the game. And uh, he, he also he also brings his jujitsu belt with him and he's wearing shooters with no uh no pads, no kick pads, which is an interesting look. Uh those two do like really cool mat wrestling, but man, this match has something crazy in it where like Will Ospreay just fucking like, he goes for a kick that Tom Lawler cannot see coming. There's no way he could tell it's coming. And just stiffs the shit out of him. And, like, it looks real. I mean, like, I don't know how real it, it, it was. It's kind of hard to tell when it's that, you know, that kind of real looking. It's hard to tell. But, man, Lawler seems fucked up. And all of a sudden, I'm interested in him. You know what I mean? Because his selling is incredible in this match or it's real, one or the other. And, and so, like, Will picks him up, starts chopping the shit out of him, and then Isaacs, Royce Isaacs, tags in, and, and then he takes an ass-whooping. There's an eliminator, but Isaacs gets a hope spot, knocking Great Ocon down with a forearm, and, and uh, Royce Isaacs uh, taps out to the sheet killer. And that move needs a – I think it needs a different setup than the backbreaker because that backbreaker looks looks, like, cozy. You know, so, <laughs> kind of sketchy on my knee. You know, Man, what do you want for Christmas, little boy? Oh, is she killer? Here you go. <laughs> well, I think Greater Khan's like, well, I'm not going to injure the injure both members of this team. Fucking hell, dude, <laughs> that kicked it ahead. Yeah. It looked gnarly, and then it scared the shit out of me because Filthy did not do much for the rest of the fucking match, and he just laid on the outside. Yeah. And I just kept thinking like. Please be the master of selling. Please be the master of selling. Please don't be all fucked up. So, yeah, that was that's uh, that's a moment in this. That's sometimes the tags have something happen that will carry over. And uh, yeah, that was one of them. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, shit. but it was fucking awesome. And like he, you know, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but you know, no. people get 
people get rocked all the time in wrestling. And, and I have no idea what New Japan's concussion protocol is. And that word's kind of like a dirty word in wrestling anyway, you know? So like, I'm just, uh, I was just really impressed with uh, his, you know, you, you could tell a wrestler's great, you know, truly great when they get knocked out and they still protect their opponent and protect themselves and shit like that. And they don't remember doing it. You know, that's like, that's some top level shit. Yeah. There's some good training and shit too. Good level. I don't want to see All it. Right. I don't want to see it. But when I do, I'm like, Oh man, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right. So next we got that Bushi Sonata and Shingo versus, uh, Oh, I can't even do the song. They're not all in there. All right. Taka, Zack Sabre Jr. and you'll get, Archer. You'll get there. You'll get there. Fucking better have an opportunity. Say. God damn it. <laughs> it's the only reason I do this podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> this is also not a preview. What is going on? Just giving guys days off, Luke. That's that's what's going on. So. Oh, right. Okay. Taichi needs a day off, so, you know. Oh, well, Bushi's not had a single night off on the whole tour. Neither has... Yeah, but like... he's an LIJ. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think Bushi's the only guy. <laughs> He's a fucking workhorse, that motherfucker. I like him. <laughs> so he also gets tortured by uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Archer at the start, which <laughs> just makes me laugh. Shingo has a pretty good uh, back and forth with both men. Though, was it here? Like, was it here in another match with Archer and Shingo where uh, it's a little stally and they're like trying to feel each other out? Like they hadn't been in the ring with each other too many times, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that was just me. There's a I'm great. Not sure, I I I've been trying to be less negative about him, so I have like no notes about him in this match. All oh, right. <laughs> There's a great uh, Death Valley driver by Shingo on Zack Sabre Jr., which looks pretty cool. Uh, Archer tries to scoop slam Taka on Sonata, but misses. And I don't even think he cares if if uh, Sonata moved out of the way. He was just going to body Sam Takamichinoko <laughs> no matter what. And I think that, that I love that. It makes me laugh. Uh, there's a tope suicida by uh, yes. Bushi on Archer on the outside, which looked yeah. really cool. Tell me and, about uh, – come on, Luke. This this bump, this bump, air quotes, that Lance took on that. I mean, does he is he training with red shoes? Like he bumped, he did the fucking red shoes bump. What is happening? All right, that's all. That's it for now. That's it for now. So. And there is a skull hand on Taka Michinoku. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the next match is uh, OG Chaos versus OG Bullet Club. And uh, we got Goto Staff. And, like, it's like the, if you ever seen the Mr. Show sketch where the guy's like, Let's shake the crime stick. You know, it's that. It's the crime stick, man. That's what he's got. It's pretty funny. And uh, you should watch Mr. Show if you've never seen it. It's tremendous. But uh, Okada and Jay, they start out. And Gato keeps getting knocked off the apron, which is funny. And um, they beat the shit out of it. Oh, Gato beats the shit out of Hishi with a ring bell hammer. There's back rigs from ELP as Okada tries to get in and stop him. But Kenta Sato is too quick. The ref, he's like, fuck you. And he can catch Okada before he can get in. So... Jay does a chest <laughs> break and Ishii gets all mad and hits a Saito suplex. ELP and Yoshihashi get in some preview stuff and it's pretty good. Uh, Chaos does uh, the, their bullshit, causing everyone on the Bullet Club team to accidentally destroy K- Kenta, which is it's an accident. And uh, Yano protects the pads. But uh, so I, I, I figured this thing out about Yano and, and you know, I, I don't care if it's true or not. It's true. And that is that 
Yano doesn't care about the turnbuckle pad. He cares about the sponsor that's on it. So when they throw the pad down and he jumps on it to protect it, he's protecting the sponsorship that he has <laughs> and that New Japan has. So I that is my now my headcanon. I'm pretty sure that's right. You know, somebody tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what he's yelling about when he has the, you know, goes and gets the, the turnbuckle pad and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. But um, anyway, here at the end, we get a double nut shot on Fale and Gato and then a fair play on Gato for the win. And Yano holds up the turnbuckle pads like they're his trophy. Yes, he does. He wants his arm raised while he raises the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking funny. This match is hilarious. I knew it'd be good. Because anytime Kenta and Jay are tagging, it's a fucking great time. So yeah, that was, was that was super fun. Also, I wrote in my notes like, all right, it looks like Filthy's not going to be on commentary tonight. Uh, actually, yes, he is, and yeah. he sells the entire fucking time. And he says like, I didn't write anything down. Like he didn't say anything as stupid as life makers. He didn't say anything really stupid at all. Uh, he, he he was mostly switched on, but. Every now and again, he'll say some really weird shit. And, yeah, uh, I don't know if that was part of him selling or he's f- absolutely fucked in the, in the head I because that head kick. I or, think he's a weird guy. I think he's a weird guy, first he's, of he's all. He's so, uh, Yeah, but uh, this was a good night for him to be on commentary, though. There's some fun stuff going on here. Definitely. Let's kick off some D-Blog with Rackard. Juice Robinson and... Yujiro, nah. Aww. I'm, no, I, I, I take that back because uh, Yujiro has been very entertaining in the G1. I, I'll give him that. So Yujiro comes out with show and uh, Rock Hard won't too sweet them. I wrote one sweet for some reason, but he won't too sweet them. He doesn't trust the house of torture guys and he throws show out. He's not in the mood for, for any funny stuff. So uh, Juice throws show into the railing and is like, stay the fuck out of my way. <laughs> this really high-pitched voice that I'm not going to keep imitating because it'll shred my throat to shreds. Yeah, it that makes sense. Like he's shredding his throat when he's when he talks. It's like brother. Yeah. I mean, damn, I, I do like it though. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Juice tries to pile drive uh, Yujiro onto the wooden floor or the concrete, whatever the fuck it is, on under there. Uh, we didn't get any info on the building, so uh, Andy couldn't tell me what it was made of. <laughs> Make sure I understand what the substrate or the floor and it, situation my, is. My, my favorite little subtle spot here, it's like it's so fast that you'll either see it or you don't. I really liked it. So, yeah, Ujiro's up for that pile driver and, and Sho just runs right past, grabs Ujiro's leg and pushes him so he doesn't, so he can land back on his feet. I thought that was a really nice little touch there. Uh, Juice and Ujiro, they go at it, but uh, rock hard. His anger is his undoing. Because uh, he gets just too pissed off, and the House of Torture guys are like, "Yeah, well, we're gonna cheat like douchebags, and we're cool as cucumbers, so we're gonna, we're gonna fuck him up." So show helps, of course. Uh, <laughs> Juice does throw the spanner into the ref's face, though. I'm like, "Ouch!" And then, uh, yeah. then uh, pimp sticks and low blows, and Yujiro on four points, Juice on two, and I'd be pissed off too if I was in a G1. And two of the matches I lost were against Yoshihashi and Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to both men. What did you think of this? I, was pretty good. You know, a loss for Juice doesn't hurt him. That only fuels his anger, you know? So, like, him losing, 
they could they could do a, a, a losing streak with him and it would be great. It would get him over, you know, like even more. So um, I like this match. It was fun. There was a part that was pretty funny where like there's a chop block, you know, from Yujiro to, to Juice that looks pretty good. And Peter just laughs. She thinks it's so funny. <laughs> that was pretty great. And, uh, you know, we also had Juice kicking out of the pimp juice, you know, regular pimp juice. Uh, but he, you know, the 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 uh you know big juice works which i think that move shouldn't work at all on juice it should be like that should have been the story of the match is that he hits pimp juice right away but it doesn't work on juice robinson because his name is juice you see and <laughs> you know and he just stands up and then you is like oh fuck that would be it but uh but yeah there's one more note here it says what's uh oh it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing and uh, yes so let's Let's do it. We've got B block action. We have Tai Chi versus Chase Owens. And uh, <clears throat> you notice, like, Chase is getting a lot of offense in, in this tournament. And, like, it's fine. Like, it's good offense. But I came to see Tai Chi kick Chase's ass, not the other way around. <laughs> so give me that. Also, Chase Owens, you stay the fuck away from me. Who are they, goddammit? For real. For real. That's fucked up. Yeah. Hell no, you get the hell out of there. This match has me worried because, like, they've they've started to make kind of chase this threat, and he's already beaten Taichi once. So I was really nervous because I do not want that again. I do not want to see that. But the match is pretty good. Chase gets in a lot of offense, which uh, gets the crowd behind Taichi, of course. So every, every time Taichi mounts a comeback, the crowd's popping ma- massive for it. It's great. And then uh, he massive, ma- blah, blah, blah. that means uh, he managed to hit a black Mephisto <laughs> and Taichi's at four points, Chase at two. Uh, I thought it was good and then even better when I could just breathe with a sigh of relief because Taichi won. Yeah, I was nervous during this match because I just, man, that would have been pretty upsetting, you know. So I, I do care about some matches, whether somebody wins or loses, but mainly only Taichi matches. But uh <laughs> you know, English commentary is on this match, and fucking Tom Lawler and uh, you know Kevin are both ripping on Ref Chumpy. Why? They're like, oh, he's an idiot and stuff like that. Like, come on, man. Like, I got in trouble for burying a ref on commentary once. They got they got real mad when you do that. But I guess it's fine when you do it to Chumpy. Actually, it was pretty funny. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I do not like the whole sexual harassment angle. You know, with wrestling, if you're going to do that, make sure it's a guy that's, whose name hasn't come up in allegations, maybe. That's probably not the best way to do that. But at the same time, it was very effective. <laughs> it made me very angry. And I was really happy when Tai Chi won. You know, uh, <laughs> like, I think that it's interesting. You know, Tai Chi has become, you know, since he's turned babyface, like his his whole gimmick is like just selling like a fucking badass and like getting yeah. the crowd behind you and making these amazing comebacks and stuff that are usually kind of short you know his comebacks are kind of short they're not usually real long and stuff like that but uh i mean he fucking crushed it in this match he also you know i, I think that chase losing this makes a lot of sense because he sucks but also because tai chi is like it, at the beginning of the match like chase owens is like oh i'm gonna sumo with you like, come on, man. You can't challenge the master of sumo to sumo and then get away with it. And at the end of the match, it all worked out where 
you know, there was a sumo throw, you know, and stuff like that. And basically that's what set up, uh, you know, Tai Chi to win. So uh, I'm glad he won because, man, whew. I know. The crowd loves the sumo stuff too. So that's always pretty fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're on city block action. Take us through it, Mr. Andy. We have Tetsuya Naito versus Aaron Hanare. Is this the show where uh, Naito's dad's in the crowd? Yeah, it is. And uh, we have no idea what his name is. His name is Naito's dad, I guess. So I, I would say it was like a Tetsuya Naito senior. No, it's El Pedro. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Naito, he gets to shine right away. And, and, and he takes, you know, to the outside and Hanari turns it around and starts the heat. Naito comes back and uh, this match is kind of lackluster for the first half. It's just kind of like, ah. But they're kind of a little off timing wise, even just a little, you know, and Hanari continues to beat up Naito. We get a huge tornado DDT from Naito for a double down. And then Naito starts with the elbows. There's a top rope Rana um, for a near fall and Naito's starting to feel it. But Hanari gets the blue thunder bomb and cuts Naito off. Naito slaps Hanari really, really hard. And oh, Hanari yeah. ran and he answers with the like roundhouse kick right to the face. And he flips the crowd off and hits a second rope senton proclaiming, yes, it's <laughs> pretty funny. So it gets real good, though. And uh, there's a fast sequence, but they are just a little off timing wise. Uh, Ultima Exodus uh, on Naito for a while. The longest I've seen anybody in that, you know, crowds and, gasping Naito, too, yeah. As not good, you know, and Naito, he turns the streets of rage into Destino. That was so fucking cool. And it just picks him up for a second Destino and, you know, wins convincingly. So that that's the yep. way it should be. So we got Naito on four and Hanare on two. And see, Hanare can stay on that two points. He might he, he might uh, win his last match if he hasn't had it already. But uh, he beat Tanashi in the first round, like, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's kind of all he needs to do. All he needs to do after that is just look good in all of his matches. And he's mostly achieved that. I'd say the first half of this match, you're right. Uh, there's definitely a bit of a feeling out process. But once these two men click together, this match becomes really awesome. So, yeah, I like, I, I'm, I'm really liking Aaron Hanare. And he's looking good against... Uh, New Japan's top talent too, so that, that's always a good thing when you can do that. So keep it up, Mr. Hanare. <laughs> Poor guys, I'll get that on the scoreboard though. Yeah, you know, he's getting paid. He's he's living his dream, you know, wrestling in New Japan. You know, can't I, hate I, on I that. get to wrestle Naito on in the G1. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Exactly. All right. So next we've got uh, a block action. We have Jonah versus Jeff Cobb. This match is amazing, nuts. I. Well, I I didn't write like an order of what happens, but this is like what I would describe as a super never match because oh man, there's heavy collisions, this fucking awesome suplexes, headbutts, lariats. Cobb does this fucking gnarly suplex where he holds like Jonah up really high before slamming him down, and the crowd can't shut the fuck up. There's this amazing wow. super. Oh, my God. There's this amazing superplex by Jonah, which is fucking cool. And then the the Ehime crowd's like, oh, because Jonah gets up on the top rope. Torpedo! And Jonah just beats Jeff Cobb. 
Jonah for Jeff Cobb for. That's a super yeah. big win for Jonah because Jeff Cobb's been very hard to beat in the G1. Uh, I think he's lost his last two ma- losses were from the same guy, Okada. So he hasn't lost many G1 matches lately. So this is a big deal for Jonah. This match was gnarly. These two just fucking, oh man, they just went at it. It was awesome. I loved it. What did you think? It's incredible. I mean, yes. this match is incredible. It's great to see how far Jeff Cobb's come because, like, he's kind of the baby face in this match, you know, and he's selling and stuff, and it's really good. But he's also doing amazing feats of strength. Like, I think, you know, maybe one of the big ones was it was like a T-bone suplex, I think, and he just chucks Jonah. Like, just chucks him. And it's like, what? Like, that was was so cool, man. You know, (laughs) Jonah tried a top rope move. He hit the flying nothing. He got all of it, and Cobb catches him out of the air. What? Like that kind of shit is just like it, it looks so incredible. And they milk those spots for everything they can get out of them, you know, which is tremendous. There was the one thing that made me laugh really hard is that uh Jonah gets the advantage, he's hitting the shoulder tackle off the apron, right? And he and he like Cobb sells over to the little gate in the guardrail, and so he hits Cobb in the gut with the the door to the gate, and I was like, Yeah. The game is over, and it's like, I love it. It's so funny, man. But uh, this is kind of, you know, uh, it's not the beginning of Jonah's story, but it's like the beginning of this part of Jonah's story in the G1, you know? Um, This is where, you know, I was sitting up and taking notice a little more than I had before, and I think everyone was, because this match is nearly perfect. I mean, it's it's kind of as good as it gets with these like big man matches where it's like big athletic dudes doing crazy stuff you've never seen or you've never seen people that big do it i mean it, you know I, I could sit here and list the moves but you just you should watch this this is great i mean like <laughs> they're falling out of the ring selling you know what i mean they they do a double cross body on each other that is just like oh my goodness i mean like so they're doing like spots that you would see maybe on some, you know, sh- I don't know, like old school type spots like that, but they just look incredible because it's two giant guys that are extremely athletic. And like I said, this is kind of maybe the beginning of what, you know, we're going to see from Jonah later on. Which is what we needed because I was a little worried because his first opponent is Yano. Yano's not a good, no offense to you, Mr. Yano, but Yano's not necessarily a good indicator of how a wrestler's G1 is going to go. He's a wild right. card. His matches are different. And then he had a match with, Tom Lawler and you and I both weren't sure about both guys at that point. So that felt like a strong match to we us. Love so, we love that. Oh, you mean Jonah. Yeah. I thought you meant uh, yeah. Yano versus uh, yeah. Lawler. I was like, that was no, awesome. no. so, you know, we, I think we just wanted to see something from, from Jonah and uh, yeah, we did <laughs> that way. <won't, laughs> that won't stop either. Oh my goodness. All right, here we go with our main event. It's C-Block action. It is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Evil! So what do you think of Tanahashi versus Evil? I like this a lot, man. It's pretty great, you know. Uh, So, you know, Evil cheats, obviously, right? I mean, that's kind of what he does. And he tries to give Tanahashi a case of ring post-itis. And he works the leg. He gets a scorpion deathlock on Tanahashi, but he comes back with dragon screws. You know, this sounds like familiar, right? 
Uh, there's a cloverleaf and evil's fucked, but Toga rings the bell. <laughs> I love that. I think that's a funny gimmick because it fools you. Like, no matter who you are, it fools you immediately. You're like, oh, oh wait a second. You know, Dude, the and, music uh, started too for like five seconds. Yeah, exactly. Like, it fooled everybody. So, you know, so the ref tosses him. Uh, Red Shoes kicks him out. And uh, it's hilarious. The young lions have to carry him to the back, kicking and screaming like he's you know, like he's uh, fucking Bo Dallas on his last night in NXT. Funny angle. Um, and Evil throws a chair at Tanahashi. And there is a huge lariat from Evil. But Tanahashi kicks out at two. Uh, there's three sling blades. And Tanahashi scores a two count. High fly flow. But show appears and pulls the ref. There's a chump bump. All right. Oh, no, it's chumpy. Yeah, chump. All everyone's in this match. That's right. They all so, get bumped. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot every ref's in this match except for American refs. So we'll get to him later. But uh, so here's what happens. All right, we got um, he beats up Tanahashi. Sure, Show beats up Tanahashi. Then Togo appears with the junior ref, uh, but Tanahashi kicks out. Then Kento because we had a ref bump, right? So there's a ref bump. Then we bring out another ref, right? So then. Uh, Kenta Sato appears because the other ref gets bumped. The junior ref gets bumped, all right? And he appears, and he stops the magic killer, all right? But he gets bumped. Then Chumpy appears, all right, and performs the magic killer with Tanahashi. So he helps Tanahashi. Tanahashi low blows House of Torture guys, but Evil gets a low blow of his own. But there aren't any refs left, right? So Red Shoes finally climbs back in. There's Darkness Falls for two. The crowd is losing their minds. And then Tanahashi doesn't win with a finisher anymore. He gets that ground cobra thing, and he wins. And it's another sneaky win for him. Evil tries to attack him after the match, and Tanahashi low blows him. And House of Torture sell to the back. So um, Chumpy on three points now, right? Yeah, I think Chumpy is definitely on three points. I wonder if that's going to change. Uh, I, I, it, it, yes, it, spoiler, it, 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 that, that, that will change as we continue. <laughs> I'm taking a point off for him later. We'll find out. Oh, more. I can't, you can't take points away. It's my oh, fucking Lord. arbitrary point giving, God damn it. And so first I give it, and then I take it away. <clears throat> you do? Okay, all right. I don't know, man. Whatever. <laughs> but, Are uh, you God? Chompy's <laughs> <laughs> God. You heard it here first. You can always tell something. You can tell sometimes when evil's losing because the cheating. Yeah, they they turn that dial from ten. Yeah, then they do that one little bit more up to eleven. And when the cheating's up to eleven, I'm just like, all right, this <laughs> Tanner's winning, but this is gonna be a fun time. <laughs> I know this these matches aren't for everyone, and I know they're also painful for me because they often involve evil losing, and I like evil, but that's. His winning is not his job right now. <laughs> winning, losing is like everyone wants to see him lose. Everyone I think pays top dollar to see Evil get his ass kicked and see his cheating backfire on him. So I think it's working. I don't know. A lot of people are just like, oh, what old Evil? I don't know. I like I like this one. So the cheating is definitely over the top. We get all the refs, everything like that. And I think Tanahashi's roll-up wins are a little anticlimactic, especially when you've I've seen you do like high fly flows of bad dude Tito in tag matches for the win. Come on, give me some definitive wins. Like that's yeah, he rolls up 
little too many times. This, but I guess... this is the story. This is the story of yeah. him and the, and the T1. He's a threat, not because he's overpowering, not because he has a devastating finisher, because he's going to win smarter. one way or the other without, you know, and, and he's only going to cheat if you do. But, you know, he will. So. Oh, he definitely will. Like, if, if you want to go up Never Style against him, yeah, he can, he can do that. You want to do mat-based stuff? Yeah. Tanash can do that too. So, and if you want to cheat against him, yeah, he's going to punch you in the net and you deserve it. <laughs> it's a good main event it's though. True. I had a great time. Uh, and, you know, even though I'm an evil fan, I do enjoy seeing those guys get their comeuppance. So, can't really complain too much there. All right. Yeah. What do you think, Luke? You think uh, it's time to hear from someone we haven't heard from in quite some time? What do you think? I think that is a good idea, but uh, I think Mikabe is too busy eating burgers. So how about an email from Mr. Ian instead? All right. Here's our email from Ian. Hi, Luke and Andy. Sorry I haven't sent in my review in a while. Time has just been eaten by the world and a long story that involves hot weather, leg injuries, and Dungeons and & Dragons. This week was the second anniversary of New Japan Strong as a show, so I thought it might be fun to do something a bit different and look at the show with a longer view. At what it was, what it is, and where New Japan can go with it if they try. First things first though, a speedy catch-up of the last few weeks. We had the remaining quarterfinals of the Strong Tag Team Championship Tournament, including the last canonical appearance of Alan Angels as a member of the Dark Order, and some absolutely fantastic showings from Aussie Open. Speaking of great Australian teams, we had an excellent match between TMDK and Daniels and Uemura, with Uemura finally blossoming into something special, and an appearance by Mr. Andy's nemesis, Jordan Clearwater, in which Jeff Cobb paints his face across a canvas. We also had a really good slugfest between Fred Yehai and Bateman, both of whom brought way more than I thought they had in them. In the end, we're looking at a tournament final where Aussie Open face Christopher Daniels and Yuya Uemura, which is going to be great. In fact, I believe this has already happened, and I think Jay might have been in the audience for that, so hopefully she can avoid spoiling us. And with the results out of the way, let's talk a bit about New Japan Strong as a show and a brand. When New Japan say this is the second anniversary of New Japan Strong, they're, well, they're being creative with the facts. Before there was Strong, there was Lions Break Collision in June and July of 2020. This was recorded in early June and was in fact the first New Japan content recorded since the pandemic shut things down in February. This was a weird show at a weird time, taped without an audience of course, and at first only really using dojo staff and people immediately available. The first show featured Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, TJP, Rocky Romero, and Jeff Cobb. And of those, only Cobb could be considered to be outside talent. Everyone else was working with Shibata at the dojo. These shows were good, in the sense of them being New Japan shows after so long, but they were very much people doing whatever they could in strange circumstances. The four shows were taped in a day, and guys like Danny Limelight and the Young Lions were wrestling three times that day. But it was something at a point where people were looking for anything. This was clearly a proof of concept, as shortly after this finished, they came back with the New Japan Cup USA to mirror the one in Japan, and this time actually got some names on the card, including Kenta, G.O.D., and Chase Owens. 
It was good for what it was. There wasn't too much to see here in terms of ring quality, though, evidenced by the fact that the final was Kenta versus David Finlay. This set the blueprint for Pandemic Strong. Four tapings, usually on the same day, usually with each taping having one match that involved someone you'd heard of. The rest of the card was made up of a weird collection of West Coast indie guys and people you half remembered from WWE ten years before. The very low point was a main event between Chase Owens and PJ Black. I'll just let that sink in for a second. However, for those who were willing to put the time in, in other words, me and nobody else, there was definitely a slight upward trajectory. Sometimes you'd get a really excellent match between John Moxley and Kenta. Sometimes Jay White would show up and bully a young lion for a while. It was missable, but it wasn't always bad. Unfortunately, it was very missable. Other than the Moxley vs. Kenta match, and the excellent Lawler vs. King match, which crowned Lawler as the first strong openweight champion, it was painfully obvious that these were shows being recorded in front of an audience of nobody so that New Japan could maintain they were making original American content. Where that started to change, though, was when the show moved out of the black box and started touring again, coincidentally right at their first anniversary. The first year of Strong was all about making sure that doing a show was possible. The second year was about finding an identity for the show, and a necessary part of that was finding an identity for their homegrown talent. This is where someone like Alex Coughlin came into his own. He's big, he's strong, and he has excellent strong style matches against tougher opponents. His match with Ishii was out of this world. The establishment of homegrown stables that mattered, like Team Filthy, was hugely important as well in moving the show from being just a showcase of guys to being something with an actual storyline, and what made it all work was going back on the road. What the second year established as the true value of Strong was how it interacted with the main brand. As the world opened back up, New Japan well understood that there was money to be made in America in terms of both subscriptions to New Japan World and touring. Some of that they made with AEW, but just as important was to establish themselves as a proper, high-visibility touring brand. Strong forms the infrastructure of that. Sure, you can bring over El Desperado, Kushida, and Hiromu for your USA pay-per-views, but it would be ludicrously expensive to bring over the whole card. So the low-level touring that Strong does provides a solid base that the visiting talent can either be slotted into or placed on top of, and sometimes it means New Japan can nail down a star before anyone else. Connors and Coughlin are both going to make big money for somebody, and New Japan want it to be them. As they go into their third year, I think it's likely this will be the identified role for Strong. Halfway between New Japan's NXT and New Japan's US house show, but with a potential for excitement, especially as they bring in their tag belts. Are they going to be a block in the G1 next year? Almost definitely not. Are they going to be an excellent proving ground for talents like TMDK, Blake Christian, and Filthy Tom Lawler? Absolutely. So, happy birthday, New Japan Strong. Of all the shows I watch in a given week, you are definitely one of them. Thanks, guys. And for another two years, keep it strong. Well, Luke, you know, that's pretty exciting. Two years of New Japan Strong. You know, it's been around... 
about the same time as we have. We've been around a little bit longer, you know, but uh, Ian is like, he's, uh, he's pretty special, man. This, this fucking email is tremendous. You know, I, I don't, every time he sends us an email, I think, oh, you know, there's no way the quality could get better, but this is a high quality email. And uh, it's interesting too, that, uh, you know, Jordan Clearwater lost Jeff Cobb. I was so pissed. I was really hoping he'd win because then by transitive properties, I would have a win over Jeff Cobb. Yeah, you would have, <laughs> you definitely would have loved that. And I think, I think he's right too. Like, I don't know. You you've kind of got to make New Japan strong a, a bit more NXT NXT Japan kind of thing to build up. You you can't if you're gonna have a American show, you've got to put a bit more of an American f- flair in it, I guess. But then I still probably wouldn't watch it because it's too American for me. I already watch AEW. I don't know. I'm glad he liked all this stuff, and there's some good stuff that did come from uh, from Strong. I mean, the Mighty O'Neill started there, and we're going to talk more about uh, one of its members uh, on night three. You know, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting too. He talks about moving out of the black box, but that's you know that's the Dark City era of uh, Strong, and and I don't agree that it needs to be more like uh, NXT. I, you know, something I was talking to, uh, you know, friend of the show, Lexus Montez the other day about strong. And he was telling me, you know, he said something pretty smart. he said, listen, strong's a TV show. Like it's, those are TV matches. That's why you don't like them. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's why I don't like them. Cause it's a TV style versus one yeah, of the things true. that makes new Japan great, you know, in Japan is there's no commercial breaks. It's not TV style wrestling. It's live show style wrestling, you know? So you know, it, it, it's a little different as far as that goes. And I understand a little more about it, though, from from Ian's email. He's helped me understand what the show is. Yeah, man, it's a really good, really good, concise email. And uh, it makes me as host of the New Japan podcast feel pretty bad. It's awesome. Uh, stay tuned uh, next episode for your new for your new host. Reno. Reno. Damn straight. Fucking awesome email, and I'm really excited. You're probably so excited. We've got no info on on Osaka, and I feel like after these two shows, we need to like stop being the phantoms of Corican Hall and maybe maybe switch to Osaka. What do you think? They're the best crowd ever, and like period in Japan, they're the best crowd. And like I don't, you know, I, I was trying to come up with a better crowd, and I was thinking maybe that like that little hick town that like uh, had hadn't had wrestling in 20 years that they went to in the best of super juniors. That was like a crazy crowd, but this Osaka is so loud on night one that I'm convinced they changed the way they mic the, the, the place up on night two <laughs> because you can't oh. hear people as well on night two as you could on night one. Oh, wow. Well, you could definitely hear him during the main event of night, night two in Osaka. Yes. They just could not be contained by it that point. Screaming. But yeah, we'll get there. It's just screaming. D- legit, legit screaming. And then uh, I, we'll, we'll, I think it's obvious what match we want to talk about, but <laughs> I watched it like, I watched it twice. Yeah. All right. We've got Ryoho Iwa, David Finley, Tamatonga, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Sho, Yujiro Takahashi, Chase Owens, and and uh, I don't know why, but uh, my first note is, uh, has anyone asked Yujiro who has the best and worst tasting hands? 
I don't know either. Um, He's got a, he must have gotten a bite out of all everyone's hands by now. Oh, that's true. Oh, good call. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed bit Who has Chompy's hand. That's right. Um, I don't want to know what Rev Chompy's hand is. <laughs> <tastes> like. <laughs> you know, me neither. I just don't want to know. And I'd rather, what I'd I rather wander. <laughs> what I do love about these matches, though, is every time there's a young lion in it, show gets grabbed big time, and they make it look like he's going to tap out every single time, and the crowd goes nuts for it every single time. But uh, that, of course, does not happen. I'm pretty sure it was another show armbar victory or something. I can't remember. Uh, arm Cross arm breaker uh, on the yeah. young lion who taps the show. Also, we had a debuting referee in Japan. We had uh, Jeremy Marcus, who is a gigantic white dude from America. I think he's from America. And he's super tall. And he's in this match. And also, um, I mean, this is really important. we got to make sure we mention this. That This is so funny. So we've talked before about, like, Sonata. He doesn't like to slow down for the older guys, and it makes him look bad. Well, Finley does that to Yujiro in this match, and it's awesome. He goes for an up and over in the corner, and Yujiro is so slow that he doesn't run under him. He runs off to the side. <laughs> it's really funny because you can see Finley, like, go up real high and just try to float down real slow. <laughs> Yujiro still runs the other way. Uh, that's really funny. Oh, my goodness, Yujiro. But he's been pretty good lately. He's, he's good in the singles matches, you know, and I mean, he's competent to some extent. But uh, next we have Hanare on the cop versus Lawler and Isaacs, Team Filthy. And Filthy Tom, he tries to get the crowd to do the New Day clap, but they're already doing it louder than you could ever. I mean, he's like, oh, I'll start the, oh, you're already doing the clap. Wow, you guys love me. And he's wearing, <laughs> uh, he's wearing Muay Thai style denim shorts with no kick pads tonight. Looks kind of weird. Um, United Empire absolutely dominates, you know, poor Lawler gets his head stepped on by Jeff Cobb after Cobb slips doing the surfboard. And I'm like, oh, my oh God, this guy's having a rough time. <laughs> like, Lawler uh, does get an arm bar on Hanari and Cobb makes the save. There's a hot tag to Royce Isaacs. This match doesn't have a very good rhythm, though. It's kind of off a little bit. And uh, it's just like it just seems like it doesn't have that kind of rhythm to it. That's like, Oh, you know, this is, this is all going good. Uh, but Lawler hits a tornado guillotine on the outside, leaving Isaacs and Hanari alone in the ring. We know what's going to happen. Streets of rage and Hanari wins. There's like everyone in, in the United empire just like decided. So, uh, well, I hate filthy Tom and his head and neck, right? Yep. Step, cool. Yeah. All right. They all got, they all got the memo. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Guy. And, and none of them are in the same block as him. None of them, you know, except for Jeff Cobb. Uh, so, you know, you've got the Cobb match coming up, I guess. But uh, let, let's go to our next match. Bushi, Bushi, Sonata, and Naito versus Bad Luck Fale, Juice, and Kenta. Uh, I know I love this. Uh, Chris Charlton has a copy of Kenta's book, so Kenta won't be mad at him. <laughs> and then, he, then he's like, well, where's your book? And Kevin's like, oh, I'm trying. I tried to get one, man. It's like it, it, I can't find it anywhere. I would buy one if I could just to have it. Can you read Japanese? No. Then you're very stupid. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I'm very stupid. <laughs> He's just like, yes, I am. He doesn't argue with the wrestlers when they rag on him. Like the, I know, I know this wrestling here, but my favorite part of this is 
Naito wants a copy of Kenta's book. <laughs> Kenta's got one. Naito wants an autograph. And the crowd goes fucking nuts for Kenta autographing Naito's book. Oh, my goodness. Uh, look, it's a fun match here. But, uh, you know, Juice finally gets a win yeah, in a tag match with a pulp friction oh. on Bushi. And, uh, post, and, uh, and post-match... and post <laughs> Uh, Naito treats uh, Kenta's book like it's the Intercontinental title. Yes! Throws it on the ground and just kicks it to the kicks back. It. It will f- as soon as Kenta <laughs> is like out of eyesight, it, we, with the camera cuts back and Naito has torn it to shreds too and is like, oh no, what happened? <laughs> he, always acts like, he always acts like he's the innocent one. Like He just rips the book to shreds and he's like, oh no, it fell apart. <laughs> you can imagine him in the classroom the teacher will turn turn their heads and everyone everyone even the teacher knows it's Naito but the teacher didn't see him do it he's just got a cheeky little look on his face he's like Toy Story isn't he he doesn't do anything until the other guys got their back turned and then it's like I, 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 yeah it's like uh, Boo Ridley or whatever but uh, you know it's like Dick Togo's Boo Ridley man I was talking about that last time but uh, also we, we did fail you hear that on commentary the next night Ah, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Stealing our <laughs> But uh, uh, Fale actually was, he opens the Tongan massage parlor and he reads Kenta's book while he's while he's working on someone's back. So the book <laughs> as a gimmick is tremendous and it's really funny. I love it. Yeah, same here. All right, what's next? Oh, we got Ref Chumpy in the ring is next. And so he's here. And uh, the order of refs is weird, weird on these two out. nights yeah. it's like they're they're mixing people in and out right and left and it's like what's happening but uh it's fine whatever that just makes me worried when i see other refs there and stuff but uh chumpy's there and it's okada and tanahashi the dream team versus bad dude tito and jonah hex so jonah softens okada up so tito can get his shit in that was nice what a nice guy and tanahashi ex all scared of jonah and that is enough space that creates enough space for Okada to tag Tanahashi in. And uh, uh, later in the match, Okada lands a dropkick on Jonah and it's very effective. Right. And I'm sure that'll be important in their match later. And uh, you know, uh, that we're going to talk about here in a minute, but there's a high fly flow on Tito for the win. Okada tells Jonah Hex that he's getting slammed. I'm going to slam you. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. All oh, right. Did you write? Did you talk about the high fly flow on the bad dude? I did. Were, were you Where not listening? My mind? Were, were you drinking water or something? Is that what was uh, happening? It, it was coffee. I feel really stupid now, but that's okay. Uh, I don't <laughs> mind okay. looking a bit dumb. It, uh, hey, Luke. At least, at least you're not an extremely lame pooper. That's right. Or as uh, Jay called this match, extremely lame pooper versus loose explosion. So, uh, <laughs> <I forgot laughs> <this story>. It is. <laughs> oh my goodness! It is D block action. We have Yoshihashi versus El Fantasmo. And wasn't it someone in the crowd with a sign that said "Extremely Lame Pooper"? Yeah. So someone has yeah. a sign for ELP, and it just says "Extremely Lame Pooper." And he's like, "What's that even mean?" Actually, what's he sound like? I don't know. No. What is it, what you does do it an awesome like? ELP. You have to do a great ELP impression. What do you mean? Do I? Yeah. Oh, uh, what's it even mean, Kevin? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, was it. That? Right, cool. You're supposed Thank to you. do stuff like that on command, Luke. Come on. Oh, God damn it. I'm sorry. 
I had a haircut jumped. recently. I think it's affected my brain. <laughs> it looks like a bear spot. <laughs> no, don't laugh at that. Don't don't encourage me. Come on. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, I just want to say like about this match. It's awesome, and it mm-hmm. flies by, and it, I can't believe it went by so fast. And I'm saying that about a Yoshihashi match. Let's start with you, because you told me you had a lot of story stuff to talk about with this match. So, and I just also want to hear you say good things about a Yoshihashi match. So I'm going to start with you this time, Mr. Andy. What do you think of Yoshihashi versus uh, the lame poop dude? So this match is uh, very, very perfectly booked. I mean, it's like, it's just perfect. So here's what I mean. Okay, so ELP is new to the heavyweight division, right? He's a flippy guy. And, like, you know, he's coming into the heavyweight division, and he's got to learn that sometimes that shit ain't going to fly, like, pun intended. And so Yoshihashi is, like, the gatekeeper in the storyline. And it's like, I want Yoshihashi to win this match. He should win this match, right? Because he, you know, he has to show to the crowd and to ELP that, you know, this flippy stuff that's, like, showing off and the dumb back rakes and stuff, that ain't going to win you a G1 match. That may look cool and may make you like get over on Twitter, but that ain't going to win you heavyweight matches. And so it's this is like a styles clash is what it is. Right. And so, you know, every time that we had ELP like doing flippy shit and stuff like that, you know, Yoshihashi would kind of protect the heavyweight as a division by fucking him up. You know, I, I it's funny because like I was as I was typing these kinds of things, you know, Yoshihashi it gets his knees up on a senton. You know what I mean? It's like shit like that. And then, and he just chops the shit out of him. Right. So it, it's like, that is kind of the story of the match. So e- ELP relies on the flippy shit and the flopping too much. And Yoshihashi uses a simple drop kick to the knee to ground ELP, causing him to do the head bump, which is awesome. And like uh, Yoshi, goddamn Hashi chops ELP so hard that he falls out of the damn ring. And the crowd is like, Oh, they want to dive from Yoshihashi. He looks around. Should I do it? And he's like, yeah. And he does a, a dive, a tope called Hiro, just to show that he can, you know, and like just to show that, hey, I can do this, but I don't because it doesn't, it's not going to win me the match, you know, and uh, that's not what heavyweight uh, wrestling's all about. So, you know, boo yay spot and ELP takes his sleeve off and uh, ELP gets a crucifix bomb and a pinpoint elbow from Brett's rope. Very nice. And uh, there's a sudden death, but no, it's a dragon suplex from Yoshihashi. There's reversals. ELP gets a sudden death for a double down out of nowhere. UFO and a huge springboard thunder kiss splash for two. Osaka responds by going, ah, which is great. There's a CRT, but no, Yoshihashi rolls through for a pin. Yoshihashi hits the sudden death of his own and a huge lariat. He gets some crazy move for a near fall, and the crowd responds loudly. There's a roll-up, and the LP has the tights, but Yoshihashi counters with a destroyer and hits the karma, wins clean. Perfect. I like the way you frame that, that uh, the story of this match, too, because I feel like when Shingo was in the G1, having just done the uh, best of Super Juniors that year, he was dominant in that Super Juniors. He only lost one match, the final, right? But... Uh, you know, his his G1, that first G1 of his was a, a little rocky for him because, yeah, hey, you're in the heavy league now. It's not going to all be easy for you, isn't it? So 
this this is the kind of thing with uh, El Fantasma as well. Oh, you're in the heavy division. Oh, that's great. Yeah, welcome to the heavy division, Larry. Yeah, you know, and kick your ass. I thought this was great. Yeah. Yoshihashi yeah. doing a, a it's dive? it's like welcome to the heavyweight what? division where even Yoshihashi will kick your ass. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. Right. Yeah, it's it's no fucking joke. The guys at the bottom of the card will kick your ass. You know, so it's a good yep. point. And yeah, so I I do appreciate Yoshi just pulling out stuff that he doesn't normally do, like that Topekon hero. Destroyer was cool. He does a Komagurashi. I hopefully spelled that right, but everyone knows I probably didn't. And oh my god, and Karma. So the Thunder Kiss spot had me. I was like, all right. You've had your fun, Yoshi. Now it's time for the start of win. <laughs> Another thing I'm not used to, Sandy, is uh, Yoshihashi's won two singles matches in a row. What yeah. world are we living in? Oh, yeah, a, a world streak. where he's now a three-time tam- tam- champion. So, yeah, it is a streak for Yoshihashi. This really awesome match. I had a great time. I kind of jumped out of my seat because I'm not used to seeing Yoshi win two matches in a row. So, woo! Yeah, well, and this is also... It just I, now I'm not saying that these other matches weren't like this or anything and the matches previous to this, but this is the beginning of this like kind of little like, I don't know, this kind of like little arc here at Osaka where these singles matches are just filled with psychology and storytelling in a way that is like, I don't know, it just all came together so good in these shows, you know, and it really goes to show how motivating a crowd can be. And and just how, you know, you build the stuff and then you, you knock it down and how tremendous that can be uh, as a viewing experience. I just was really impressed with the storytelling in almost every match on this sh- on these two shows. Speaking of some amazing storytelling, but completely different. We <laughs> go to a block action and uh, oh, yeah, Yoshi Yoshi's on four. Uh, Elephant has made two. But we got uh, a block action. Toriyanu versus Lance Archer. I love this match. Uh, it's, awesome. it's uh, you know, Archer does his thing when he walks into the ring. He punches two young lions in the face. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, wrestle, wrestle. Yano gets uh, almost counted out by being taped. And it was kind of like he made that the way Kota Ibushi made it for those count outs in that match. That really annoyed me. But <laughs> whatever. I'll allow it. It's a comedy match. Because he, he lost, ca- he didn't he didn't make the count, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a cannonball, uh, and, but, uh, you know, Yano gets out of the way, and poor Yudo, he ate, ate a punch in the face earlier, now he eats a cannonball, and then poor Yudo is on one side of the railing, Archer's on the other side of the railing, <laughs> and Yano tapes both of them together, and then uh, <laughs> Archer just grabs Yudo's arm and just starts... Yanking him, well, which, which makes his which head arm? Keep... Which arm is it, Luke? The tight it's arm. It's his broken right? arm. It's his yeah, broken arm. That's right. <laughs> he, he had two arms to choose from, and Yano's like, I'll break, I'll give you, I'll tape the broken arm to Lance Archer. Yeah. I'll do you a favor, Yudo. <laughs> what, what an asshole. Oh, which which will feed into the tag match uh, on the next night, but. Uh, you know, Archer's trying to pull him through and he just keeps yanking his head into the railing. <clears throat> poor, poor Yudo. He manages to pull him, like, through the railing and into the ring before the count-out. And Archer uses him as a weapon, like a clothesline and all that kind of stuff. He tells he tells the ref, go get me some scissors, idiot. But then he, then he's almost free by the time the ref gets back. So he just shoves the ref. He's like, fuck you, I did it myself. <laughs> get out of here. 
there's a scoop slam by uh by Archer. He does tip from uh <laughs> does on Yuto, then he gives him Paul Kai choke slam. Oh my god, sorry Yuto. Uh, Archer does hit all of the turnbuckles and all that kind of stuff, but he kicks out. Is a flying knee as Yano is uh, sitting on the uh, top rope, which looked pretty good, like a rising lifting, lifting knee. It looked pretty good. Let a blackout. High knee, yep. Archer on four, Yano on two. I was in hysterics in this match, and I really liked how they used uh, Yuto Nakashima for it. I thought it was great fun. Yes, this is uh, this is a lot of fun. We get interesting thing, too, in this match that we haven't seen in a long time because Yano doesn't do it anymore because he's trying to keep the, you know, you don't want to encourage the fans to cheer if you're a baby face. And so Yano does his break, 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 break thing in the ropes. It's just really funny. I hadn't seen that in a long time. He's like, fuck it, we're in Osaka. Let's do it. But yeah, as you mentioned, all of the turnbuckle pads get uncovered because they're like, there's a turnbuckle pad off in this match, you know, where they're like trying to out turnbuckle pad each other and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the stuff with uh, Nakashima and the, bro- you know, his broken arm. Are you shitting me? <laughs> I mean, poor guy. The crowd loved that. They were laughing their heads off. And, uh, you know, it's funny because the the one thing that doesn't make any sense in this match is, well, I mean, there's more than one, but this is the one that's just kind of <laughs> like, why? Yano is like, he knows that you have to be up on the turnbuckle for Archer to pick you up for blackout. And he just gets up there <laughs> on his own. I don't. What was he going up there for? Yano doesn't <laughs> up the top rope. He was going up there for something, you know. So he goes up there, and of course that was a strategic error. And uh, the high knee. So you know why that's called the high knee, right? Because it sounds like high knee. It does. Why though? Why would that be funny? Why would that be a rude? It's a butt joke. Why? Yeah, why? but there was a wrestler who did that move. The booty man. Excuse me. Oh. The booty, 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 booty man. He he did the high knee. <laughs> of course That's he so did. And Luke, I, I will say one more thing about this match. It turns out that everybody dies, even Toriano. <laughs> yes, he does. And uh, now I'm going to make you talk about a go-to match, because that's the kind of nice uh, host that I am, Mr. Andy. It is Haruki Goto. Yeah, is that nice. a Gil Hibben knife? <laughs> I said nice hosts. You shut up. But uh, <laughs> it is Hiroki Goto versus Zack Sabre Jr. What do you think? <laughs> okay, so this match is pretty cool. So we get uh, Goto. He's not playing, man. He's trying to win right away. So he's like spamming the pin after like, you know, doing like a baby face shine at the beginning with heavyweight strong style exchanges. And, but Zack Sabre Jr. gets a Canadian choke and then an arm bar, <laughs> Canadian style. Unbelievable. <laughs> so this causes them to be on the outside. Zack Sabre Jr. stops Goto's arm. It's fuck your arm, you know, which I'm all about. Fuck it. Fuck all of them, including his arm, you know. But, uh, you know, Goto comes back with a lariat, but it's a great double down because he can't do anything because he fucks his arm up hitting a lariat, you know, and he's competent, so he sells. There's uppercuts from Z, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> and Goto challenges Zack Sabre Jr. to hit him harder. And, you know, he can't win this exchange. So he hits an uppercut to Goto's arm. I was like, yeah! And he gets a Cobra twist for a rope break spot. There's a German suplex for Zack Sabre Jr. But Goto fires up 
and he hits a reverse GTR for another double down. Oh, I don't like that. Go, uh, Zach Saber Jr. is selling that he's rocked, you know, after go he's selling that, that Will Ospreay just kicked him in the back of the head for no reason, you know, like he did the <laughs> other guy. But, uh, but you know, it, it's like he's selling rock after Goto strikes, but Goto catches a kick and Zach Saber Jr. just slaps the shit out of him, which is great. Just hit harder, you know, next time. I like it. Um, there's some cool reversals and Goto gets the Yushikiroshi for another double down. Um, there's a GTR, but Zack Sabre Jr. gets that crazy pin for two. Um, and there's a PK, which is real stiff, and then a big lariat from Goto. But Zack Sabre Jr. kicks out at one. He's fired up. Lariat attempt, and Zack Sabre Jr. gets an arm breaker. He turns it into an arm breaker while Goto struggles to get to the rope in a very, very realistic-looking spot. I mean, that looks so real, so cool. Uh, Goto uses the corner post, which is just as good as his tag partner for the show time, but, <laughs> but it fucks his arm up, you know? So there's a GTW and his arm is fucked again. So Zap Saber Jr. is able to kick out a two. Goto goes for the GTW or GTR, one of these GT moves. And Zack Saber Jr. Uh, turns one hold into another, uh, winning with a Fujiwara arm bar. This, it's like storytelling and psychology night in New Japan because these singles matches are all really great in that department so far. I really like this, and the right person won. Yeah. Uh, this match made me nervous because I'm like, uh, I know this is a good night of wrestling and all up, but it would have had that black spot of go-to winning and <laughs> hear you talk about it. <laughs> That's funny. This match was... This match was kind of never as fuck, and I still think that Zack Sabre Jr. would be a great never-open champion. He'd bring something different to it as well. There's the submission stuff and all that. But, you know, he's he's leveled up his strikes and stuff too. He still he still knows that he's not uh, big enough or strong enough to be like, I'm going to go on a strike trade with uh, someone like Goto. So he's still using his brain. He's not stupid, but uh, he's not going to back down from kicking or punching the shit out of someone either so i like face zach saber jr it's it's, it's working mind you he's still going to call everyone a dickhead and everything like that yeah uh, like every time i see goto power out of the pain or power out of a move i'm just like no please i don't want you to win and then he taps <laughs> out and uh, he makes yeah. me really happy it's just like every kind of Every match kind of just built and made me happy. There wasn't any finishes that made me go, oh, really? That way? I mean, like, it wouldn't bother me if Yano had won the Archer match either, but, you know, that's fine. But so far, so good. Uh, Goto versus Zaxeb Jr. was a good time. And, and you're right, though. You're right with the white guy. So I said the white guy. I meant the right guy. Ah! Well, I mean. I'm tongue-tied. But he, he is white, and he did win. So uh, there, no, there's the white. Nice yeah, but the white guys. <laughs> In the next match is the white guy. That yeah, that's right. Guy. Thanks that's for the safe mean. there. I dig myself out of that hole. All right, we got B-Bop. B-Bop action. God oh damn. My God. I can't it's happening. B-Block action. Great Okan versus Switchblade Jay White. And this is this is an indication of how much I like the Great Okan, everybody. I would not have been mad if he had won this match. Because uh, I'm waiting for greater Khan to like get this big win or something like that. I feel like I've seen other wrestlers get their big win. I've seen Jonah get one. I've seen fucking Chase get one. I've seen Hashi win twice. 
twice. And your jury's won twice. Well, he will have by the time we're finished talking about wrestling. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, where's my – give me some credit card wins. But, um, yeah, it, it doesn't happen. This match is awesome, dude. This is like a, a dream match for me. I've been wanting to see this for ages. It's so fucking cool. Like, amazing. There's an amazing deadlift German in there. It's, it's kind of weird. You call it a deadlift German, and you're just like, well, what's the other German? Does that is that called the fake German? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one where they they help you. Yes. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the help, dude. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my goodness. There's oh, there's some fuck your leg action by Jay. There's a like a T T O, and and which is a no. It's a greater cunt. Doesn't just make it to the ropes. He's biting the ropes. He's like, he makes it with his teeth. Fuck. <laughs> and Greta Khan, he gets really close with the Sheik Killer. And it's it's kind of like these transitional parts where it's like Sheik Killer, Blade Runner attempt. Uh-uh. Sheik Killer, Blade Runner attempt. Uh-uh. Sheik Killer again. I've got I've got you, Jay. You're not getting out of this. And I'm getting nervous. I'm like, oh, he's got to beat the champ. He's got to beat the champ. Blade Runner. And uh, Jay becomes the first man. And I think only man right now to sit at eight points in the German Climax. Uh, I like this match, uh, but I also feel like both men, maybe maybe you've left a bit on the table for for subsequent matches. So uh, I really enjoyed this, and I want more. Yeah, I mean, the, they're going to do that in their first singles match, of course. But, dude, this is, this is fucking top-notch wrestling right here. Oh like, God. okay, so there's something that's kind of unspoken, but it's – I think it's like plain as day in this match is that Jay knows in order to beat Ocon, he has to get near him and he's not wanting that. You know what I mean? He's, he knows it's dangerous to get near him. So like, Long arms there's and legs, a lot yeah. of, yeah, there's a lot of avoiding and a lot of Jay being tricky as far as that goes. Cause he knows, you know, if that claw gets on him, he might be in trouble. And so like that, that really puts a uh, great Ocon over big time. And like, that's kind of what this match is. There was also, so <laughs> Ocon, there's awesome leg work in this match where like, you know, great Ocon tries that like pump kick, but Jake catches it and does a stunner to his leg. You know, <laughs> that shit was <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jay, he uses the ring post and he wraps uh, Ocon's leg around it. He tries to do ring post-itis, but like fucking great Ocon saw that that spot already used tonight and he hits a kangaroo kick and Jay goes flying through the little gate. I love the gate. Okay, you awesome. love those little gate so, spots. That's yeah. the new trend in New oh, Japan man. now, isn't it? It it is the shit. I love it. Uh, I'll be sick of it in a month, but I love it right now. You know, so uh, the the heat section is highly entertaining and great, and because Jay has to be careful. Like I said, he comes in range and he's like, oh shit. And anytime, uh, you know, he strings some heat together, Great Ocon counters with cool Great Ocon things. For example, he tries to hit the ropes, but his leg is fucked, so he decides to hit a suplex instead. And Great Ocon tries to run Jay's head into the top of the ring post as they're, like, struggling on the apron. But there's a Canadian dragon screw, and Jay plays guitar. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. I love that, that? yeah. That was so great. So there's all these little amazing moments in this. I got to give Great Ocon incredible props for selling in this match. I mean, he is, like, he is playing it up as high as it can go without being cartoonish. And it's so good, man. I love it. Um, Didn't we get the, like... Tenzon style brab in this match too. The we like sure high angle, bra- like 
whatever. It's like a reverse underhook grab or something. It looks weird, um, but uh, that was kind of cool. Great Ocon just taking tens on shit. It's really funny. I don't know. This entire moveset. Like, I didn't just win your chops, like, motherfucker. Yeah. I won the whole lot. <laughs> he's like, just retire already. Come on. You got that crazy foot. What's the deal? So um, at the end of the match, though, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. And uh, Great Ocon is knocked out from the Blade Runner, right? So the young lions piggyback him and they take him to the back, but he wakes up in the, in the aisle and it's like, get the fuck off me. And it's like, where am I? And it's just tremendous, man. Oh, wow. This match is fantastic. But like you said, it, it like they did all that shit, all that amazing stuff, you know, had this incredible match and still you get the idea that, oh, these guys can do more, you know, isn't that incredible? Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's one of those matches where as soon as it's over, I'm just like, uh, can we get a rematch? Like, right now, please? And then and then I'm just like, oh, well, I guess that nothing can top that for me. And then you see what the next match is, and you're like, oh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, Shingo and and uh, Billy are going to ask the, everyone else in the night to hold their beers because, holy shit, uh, it is uh, Shingo versus the, the Billy man. And these two have a rivalry like going back to the 2019 Best of Super Juniors final. Uh, I think uh, I think Will has a better winning record over Shingo at this point as well. But uh, look, there was one one thing that indicated to me that Shingo was winning, and that was that Shingo was only on two points. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! But. This match is absolutely awesome. I'm not even sure how you kind of like write about or talk about this this match because they do all of the moves and all of the spots, and it is amazing. But what, what do you think of this, uh, Shingo versus Osprey? Well, you know, I could sit here and go. I, I do have all the moves written down, of course, but uh, well, not all of them because you can't do that. But you know, <clears throat> I'll mention a few spots that I like. But really, I like the psychology of this match. You have uh, Will, who's usually brash and everything. He comes out dead serious. He's got no one with him. And he's like, you know, (laughs) this is a big deal. And this match is like, you have these two guys on the roster, so you can do this match. You know what I mean? That's one of the big selling points of having these two guys together on the same roster, because it is a marquee matchup and has been for years. It's always incredible. And it's no different in that respect this time, but it is a much different match. They've had heavyweight matches before, but like usually their matches are the Shingo style, which is a hundred miles an hour with like barely any time for selling or anything like that. Almost like more like a junior style. Well, it, this time they use that stuff. Not, I wouldn't say sparingly, they use it more strategically. So there's a lot more heavyweight style, slower paced wrestling, you know, that's punctuated by these amazing, you know, incredible reversal speed demon spots. You know what I mean? They're just bonkers. Um, there's one thing that's pretty cool. Uh, they hit the ropes and Shingo ducks one, right? And then Will flips out of a lariat, like a pumping bomber attempt and springboards looking for the os cutter. But Shingo gets a cutter of his own and then picks him up for a DVD. That was just, I don't know how it's that. I don't know how wrestling can be that good, you know? And, and you're also worried in the middle of this match too, because Shingo's getting a little, he's getting a little cheeky. You know, he tries to hit his own stormbreaker, 
But, you know, Will Hitt's made in England. <laughs> yeah, so that's, what, that's what Chris Charlton called it. He must have known yes. that was going to happen or something. He had that loaded up. But uh, <laughs> he has made in England an os cutter for a near, uh, near fall. And then Osprey goes for Blade, but his arm is fucked up because Shino fucked his, uh, his arm up. And Shino collapses anyway. He can't even stick because they're just, they killed each other. Will hits the right jab that Shingo hits and a few really great kicks, but uh, there's a reverse Rana from Shingo. What? And he lands right in position for Hidden Blade for a two count. That sequence was fucking bonkers. There's uh, really, really incredible kicks from Will. His strikes have come a long way, and they look so good in this. Um, there's this awesome pumping, pumping bomber for two. It's reminiscent, and then, you know, reminiscent of the Hidden Blade, there's like a sliding elbow but it's like the hidden blade basically that uh, Shingo does last the dragon and Shingo wins. It's like, but this match showed that their rivalry is maturing. Like the, the structure was different and they relied less on their insane athleticism and wrestling ability and more on psychology and storytelling. And, and that was really evident in this match a lot. I don't know if I explained that well or gave examples of it, but it really is. It's, it's like, it's just a different, a different style that they do, and I really love it. What do you think? Here's here's two men that are really good together, and are also not content to have the same match twice. Because yeah, I I I agree with you. This match was different in in style. There was definitely more heavyweight stuff than uh, than the you know the, the the super junior stuff. So yeah, it was just I was just watching it, going, what the fuck just every couple minutes like what the fuck they'll just do another crazy transition with reversals with one of them landing a really powerful move i'm like what like if you thought that the the billy finley match was super fast but also kind of like smooth and and kind of rough as as guts this one is like that but at 11 because no offense to Mr. Finley, I think Shingo's probably a better foil for the, the Billy Goat. This is like one one of the feuds in New Japan. Uh, I'm glad these two didn't wrestle early on in the G1 because they might be too fucked to go, to go on with uh, much else. Hopefully they've got a few nights off before either one has to wrestle again because, man, they freaking killed each other. They crushed it. Uh, and the right guy won. I was hoping Shingo would win. You don't want him to be eliminated just yet. You want to build that suspense a little more. And this is just like perfect wrestling. This is why you watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, this match right here. And as as good as all the other matches were on the card, this one deserved to be the main event. And it was absolutely astounding. Just fucking perfect pro wrestling. Like, even though we've spoiled who won and all this kind of stuff, who gives a shit? Watch this match if you haven't. If you have, That's like, great. just watch it again. It's it's really good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it- I don't know if you felt the same way, but I really thought that this this first night at Osaka was like a more complete wrestling show than the, the second night. You know, like I think almost everything on the first night was just, you know, very, very good to great. And the second night had some peaks and valleys, you know, but um, I, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure that they like changed the way they mic the crowd because on night two. It's only in the huge moment. Maybe they get, they got a little talking to before the show. Maybe like Hiromu came out and was like, hey, listen, I know I'm all fun, but you got to shut the fuck up because we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's it's not that they're quieter on night two. It's just that you can't. 
I guess that's what you can't hear them means, but it's like, you, you know they're there, you just can't quite hear them. So I think they mic them differently. Hiromi's going out there cutting a promo and like, uh, you're making us look bad by how much you love us, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we want Wado. And he says, fuck And uh, Hiromi's like, Why? no, you don't. <laughs> if if Wado came out here to tell you to shut the fuck up, there'd be rubbish flying in the ring. <laughs> like, or chairs like an ECW match. He must live in Tokyo, you know, because they're like, he's only he was only on those Tokyo shows doing the hype hype thing. Wada was. And, uh, you know, when he tried to get on the bus when they were getting ready to go to, you know, uh, all these different towns, including Osaka, Chumpy was like, shut the door in his face. No more room. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but there's a free seat there. No, no, no. Uh, no, that's for uh, that's for Tenzon's haircut. Uh, Tenzon's not, he's not even on this tour. Yeah, but his haircut is. Yeah, exactly. It's still on the tour. Oh my goodness. So let's let's start off with uh, Yudo Nakashima, David Finley, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Team Bishamon and Yano. And I like this bit of continuity here because uh, Yudo, who's still quite pissed off from being taped to Lance Archer and being used as a weapon, <laughs> he goes straight for Yano, just straight up yeah. runs at him and starts beating the shit out of him. And I'm like, hell yeah, Yudo, you go get yours, man. Because uh, he was, Yano was a big dick to you. Do you think Yano's going to apologize to a young lion? No. No. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Look, this is this is a pretty fun match, but uh, it does end with a butter stank lock. So. Oh, butter that stank. Ha- is that butter you like left out of the fridge like for too long and it went bad? Yeah. And then you yep. put it on some guy with a broken arm that's weird uh yeah anyway uh that was fun this next match is Tama Tonga and Jado versus show and huge huge and uh Tama and Jado do baby face things with sort of synchronized tandem moves that kind of they're supposed to be synchronized but hmm. and then like hey how's torture they're like oh we're gonna cheat and beat up Jado and then they win <laughs> yeah Oh, that's that's so good. Uh, yeah, Jado just hands the stick back to the ref. I don't need this. Low blow. I think you needed that, dude. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so next we have uh, Lij. All of them except for Hiromu, of course. Is he injured? Commentary. No, he's on commentary. He's a, he's getting a break, man. He's gonna be in America soon. Or no, he just came back from America. That's what it is. So uh, he's just uh, like, getting a payday, you know. I guess then, a, like, you can put him in the matches, and like, if Bushi's getting wins, like, you could have just swapped him out for. Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, Hiromi's, he's, he's fine. Hiromi's getting paid more than Bushi just to do commentary, anyway, isn't he? <laughs> Maybe so all, I don't think Hiromu does needs to do more. I I would never ask that of him. I think that he does enough. Yeah, so. you got to keep him safe a bit, and you don't want him getting hurt again. I understand. So all of LJ minus Hiromi versus. Gotcha. Tucker and the Tickers. There we go. I got to do it. There you go. I do like uh, seeing Sonata trying his best to get the Paradise Lock on Zack Sabre Jr., of all people. And Zack's like, no. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting put in that. That's bullshit. And I like this match because for most of it, Sonata gets beat up. So, you know, that's definitely <laughs> a good time for me. I'm just chilling out, you know, enjoying the night and seeing Sonata take an ass whooping. It's fantastic. There's uh there's 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 a part here with uh, Shingo and Archer. The timing's a bit off here and there, but uh, it's fine. And then you know MX on Taka Michinoku. 
Yeah. Nido, uh, he taped the book back together, Kent's book, and he reads it on the way to the ring, which is funny. <laughs> but I like I liked after the match. LIJ are such assholes. Like they're good. They're going to they, you know, going to do the fist salute and they they invite Hiromu into the ring. But as soon as he gets in the ring, they all just leave. And he's all mad. He's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. You know, that all right. So be on commentary. <laughs> you might have you might have more say about this next match than I do. But uh, it's OJ <laughs> OJ OG Empire Laundry. Holy shit. Versus Kenta, Gato, and Jay Hawaito. And Empire Laundry is, of course, the or Empire Dry Cleaners. That's <laughs> what we used to call uh, the Empire when they first came around. There was just the three of them. So uh, it's pretty cool to see them together again. Uh, we get a fun beard spot with uh, Gato where Kenta has to break a, a hold on Gato's beard. And so he ends <laughs> up hurting Kent, uh, Gato's. All kinds of goofy, fun spots like that. Okan on the cop team up to kill Gato and how they do this is they're like they're like arguing over who's gonna like throw him so they just keep like throwing him back and forth hot potato and uh, <laughs> and then eventually like you know they throw him on the ground and you know and uh great Okan's like here let me set you on my knee what would you like for Christmas how about a sheet killer and gives him one and Gato loses that's right I think like the the big takeaway from this match is it's a gardening match, and when I say that, they're uh, they're planting some seeds here, and those those seeds, which will uh, come to fruition probably much later, maybe next year or something like that, is Jay White versus Will Osprey. So last time they wrestled was in the G1, and it was Will who won. I, I do remember that because I did fucking a massive mega rant on this fucking this very <laughs> podcast at the time. <laughs> so, but in the current state of New Japan that we're at now, the, the, these are some this is some seed planning that I like. I mean, you, you know, Jay White's busy because you know he's the champ. He's going to be busy with uh, whoever wins the G1 and whoever. Who's he got left to face? Whoever maybe beats him in the G1, if anyone does, to set up a uh, future match. He might not lose to anyone in his block, though. He might lose, like, the semifinal or whatever. But And, you know, Will Ospreay's busy with the United States title stuff. So, But you just know this this match right here is just setting the stage for, like, yeah, these two are going to feud at some point, and uh, they're going to fucking kill each other. It's, yeah. Well, when, so, when New Japan, they plant... Uh, you know, plants that they plant the seeds. They aren't growing swag. They're growing the kind bud, man. <laughs> That's right. Nothing but the good stuff. God damn it. So that was that was a lot of the, that was a lot of my favorite shit. Just seeing like even when they're not in the ring together, they're kind of one's eyeballing the other or one's mouthing off the other one. It's it's just really awesome stuff. And yes, the uh, the Kent of Beards spot. Is, is funny <laughs> and, and then uh, hot potato with Gato. Oh my god! Imagine just like you've got your uh, your boss like the Booker there, and you're just throwing him like like a sack of shit over <laughs> and over again. You end this match. No, you end this match. Come on, you end it. No, you end it. Fine, I'll end it. Shit killer. So yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All right. Oh man, I'm ready to get into it. We start off with some C block action. It is Aaron Hanare versus. Oh shit! Oh my god! I'm knocking stuff all over the place. That's uh, that's evil reaching wow. through podcasts and being like, "I'm knock your you're stuff just, off." The, no, off. you're just that. 
you're that fired up, man. That's, that's right. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking stuff off uh, off off my shelf like a like a cat would. So uh, oh. yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, it's true, and that's the spirit of uh, of evil's oh, biggest that. fan, you know. Yeah. But uh, Ref Chumpy is the ref of this match, and I'm really happy he is. So. Yes. Same here. Uh, I like him uh, refing evil matches. This is fun. This is obviously Hanare trying to overcome the odds. And uh, there's a chain stretch outside, which uh, Hanare turns into a double hip toss. So uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's, 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 a hold, there's a hold going on in the ring, and Marty tries to break it, but they break it early, and then Marty just slaps Hanare in the head. And He's Hanare's trying to slap like, evil. Yeah, he's trying to slap evil, and then, like, Marty knows he fucked up. He's like, I'm sorry. Holy shit. I didn't mean it. And Hanari's just like, Ref Chumpy, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to give you another story for your chump bump boot camp, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, you know how Farley's always had that uh, feud with whoever the ring announcer is? Yeah. I, I think this is the start of a beautiful feud of Aaron Hanare and Marty Asami. Good. I hope so, man. I, I could do I a lot. It. You know, Chumpy is a great person to feud with. He he puts you over. So like Hanari, this will, this will get him over. You know. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was hilarious. And uh, Hanari's pissed, and you know, and that's kind of where I take a point away from Chumpy because that, that was naughty, Mister Mister Chumpy. But I'd, I'd like it if even in tags or in the odd singles matches from the future in the future that if uh, Ref Chumpy is the referee. I want them to build off this moment, both men. Thank I think it would lead to some lead to some great spots. But yeah, there's uh, <clears throat> but uh, every, anyway, uh, the cheating is way too much for Hanare to overcome. Isn't everything is evil and evil on four points? Hanare on two. Get yeah, the get the get the evil win uh, done on the first match, so uh, no one's in a stunned silence and leaves angry. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, this isn't bad. This might be one of the valleys, though, not the peaks of this night. You know, um, it's okay, you know, and it's just I was more mesmerized by what Ref Chumpy's doing in this match than anything. You know, I thought he was amazing. And he, he had to take a second swing at that uh, slap because he, he caught air the first time. <laughs> so he had to slap again. And he looks like I fucked up, but he also fucked up in real like. He fucked up for real and he fucked up in kayfabe, which is pretty funny. So I really enjoyed that a lot. You know, I just think that <laughs> I, you know, I think that there's no way that Hanari should beat evil at this point. You know what I mean? Because he and, and the way that the finish worked is like the classic way where, you know, Hanari's about to use his finisher, but he uses it on the manager instead. And that, you know, and then the power bar is down to nothing. You used up all the power. <laughs> That's you right. Know, or you're fighting spirit and so then he can't hit it on evil but he also gets hit in the face of the chair so uh that doesn't help either but uh you know i, I mean it was fine i you know i was really happy chumpy was there that was my my kind of message to you is like oh my god chumpy but uh <laughs> chumpy's out he, he's out for uh this next match and tall american ref is in maybe they're trying to give um some of the other refs uh some just experience calling big matches and stuff i'm not mad at it that's pretty cool man that's gotta be a dream come true coming to yeah. osaka reffing like fucking singles matches in the g1 that's like i mean it doesn't get much better than that you know no no it does not and let's go to a block action we have filthy tom lawler 
versus Bad Luck Farley. By the way, uh, you covered the previous tag match that had Filthy in it. Uh, every time he got thrown to the floor or landed or took a bump, I was like, please be, just be selling. Please just be selling. Please just be selling. Because <laughs> I was really, really worried for him. And I guess me being really worried for Filthy and like what happened to him has kind of put me on his side. So if that was the plan... Mm-hmm. Then, Sympathy for a baby face. It's like he doesn't work as a heel, even though that's what he is. He works as a baby face. This is weird, but it's great. Yeah. So what does Filthy do against someone like a bad like Farley? He's got to chop down the tree. So he, he's he's chopping down Farley with kicks. And every move of offense that Farley, Farley has makes me worry for Filthy, which, as, as I just said, just makes me go, oh, please be okay, and please persevere, and all this kind of stuff. He keeps trying to choke out Farle, which uh, Farley's always got a kind of a way out of it. There's a really cool top rope DDT by Lawler. <clears throat> There's a massive choke hold that comes out of the uh, bad luck fall, which I thought was really cool because, man, he was up really high before he, before he did that. I was like, holy shit, that was really cool. And then uh, nasty knee on the brain by Filthy. And he's now on four points, and Farley also on four points. I thought it was just a pretty cool match. This is, I don't know, I'm I'm getting more and more into Filthy as the tournament's gone along. Maybe, maybe, maybe Osprey did him a favor by just stiffening him in the head. <laughs> I think that you know it's going to end up that way, and and you know we talked about many times improvising is you know one of the best parts of pro wrestling and that's where some of the best stories come from is just shit that ends up happening so uh but i i like the Fale's heel work in this match because he interrupts you know that the osaka crowd it was established on night one in osaka that, that lawler is fucking over there at least his entrance is you know because they love the clap and the and the shorts coming off so what's Fale do nope can't do it. He he has he beats him up right in the middle of his little you know uh, presentation of the shorts or whatever, which is great. Why let him take because, him off, yeah. Right, because then later on, you know, he finally gets to take the shorts off and he uses them to choke Fale. So, which is smart. But I have a criticism for this match. Um, mm-hmm. Lawler is known as a UFC guy. Man, his kicks. I don't know, man. They're they just they don't look effective in this match. And they don't look effective because they look fake. You know, that's uh rough. They were and you know, part of that's like the way that Fale sells, and these guys don't have any, you know, time together wrestling, and, and obviously it's like a slightly different thing wrestling someone like Fale. But um, so it, like I just was the and you're doing that like come on man (laughs) like that was a problem but uh other than that i really thought this was fun um and this is also yoshihashi has a streak and now lawler's on a streak so he has two in a row too yep what's going on yeah so uh you know it doesn't it doesn't help that five of of, uh, filthy's preview matches we're against fucking jonah yeah, he's so, getting you know, practice. He's getting practice on how to wrestle Jonah and uh, and bad dude Tito. He should be get, had to get didn't he kicked in the head? <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> all right. So yeah, 
It's I would say we've had two good batches, but you know they neither have really set my world on fire quite yet. But here we go, B block action. We have card uh, Juice Robinson versus uh, El Fantasmo. So this this is a fun this this match is fucking hilarious. In fact, the only thing I don't like about this match is the ending. Uh, everything else about this match I thought was fucking awesome. Uh, they start off this match and they pretend to do that, that you know, those, the, the chain wrestling where you like go from move to move to move and it ends with both of them with their arms up going, whoa, and then the crowd claps, <laughs> except they do it real slow, real fake, and it is fucking hilarious. Uh, I think Kenta Sato's the ref in this match. Man, I wish it was Chumpy, but Kenta Sato's fantastic in this match as well because he's trying to get order and get these sort of guys to wrestle, but they go out. They, they go out because there's a table set up and Juice is like, sets up a chair, all right, arm wrestling, let's go. So Elfin Hazard was like, yeah, all right, let's do it, arm wrestling. And then they, and Kent, Kent is like, I'm going to count you guys, you fucking idiots. And then they're like, no, you're going to get out of here and you're going to fucking judge this arm wrestling contest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know he's licensed to ref matches. He's also licensed to to ref arm wrestling matches. I mean, wrestling is all all encompassing, and arm wrestling is a type of wrestling, so it makes sense. (laughs) So they both cheat with the arm wrestling as well, like grabbing the end of the table and all this kind of shit. And that's kind of when the fun stops, and these two are just like, you know what? We're just going to beat the shit out of each other and kill each other from now on. I'm like, whoa, that escalated really quickly. There's like this awesome spot where, um, I think was it ELP who did it? Yeah, he grabs Juice's head and just bashes him in, into the table with it and just puts him his head through the freaking <laughs> table. That looked fucking awesome. Uh, it means like they can't really do a, ch- a, a, a table spot later because the table's kind of fucked. But they don't let that stop them. They they inst- instead of trying to force force the issue and just redo the spot, they move on. Awesome. That's what I want you to do, not punch him, punch him, punch him, organize the table, punch him, punch him, punch him, make sure it's not wobbly, punch him, punch him, punch him, laying on it, punch him, punch him, punch him, make sure he's still balanced and everything, he's not going to fall, then go do it. No, they move the fuck on. Dude, there is an awesome Tope Suicida by El Fantasmo and Juice Robinson. If I am going to do any kind of flippy super mega dives, I want Juice Robinson to be there to catch me. Why? Because... Juice fucking wraps his arms around El Fantasmo because he's not just going to land on Juice's like shoulders and head. If he hadn't have grabbed him and just kind of held him from, you know, he would have just leapt right into the fucking crowd. I was like, all right. Wow. ELP overshot that. And I, I have a note that says in all caps, all wrestlers, this is how you take care of someone on a dive. Yes. God damn. Like that is like, I was very impressed by that. That was fantastic. It's one of my favorite spots and it's not necessarily like because of the spot, spot. but because, (laughs) because juice, juice (laughs) saves him from breaking his fucking neck. It was awesome. Juice does a low blow. I don't quite see that often, which, uh, you know, he's pretending to, to get up from, uh, from kneeling position and you thrust his head up into Elfant Hasmo's nuts. There's a pulp friction kick out. There's, uh, you know, hey, Hasmo pays that in kind. He does the, the, the neck low blow thing too. And the CR2 kick out, 
But then El Fantasma just throws the chair in front of the ref in the middle of the ring at Juice's face. DQ, El Fantasma on two, Rock Hard on four. And I'm like, you got you started off nice, fun, friendly to we're going to murder each other. And I don't know. I felt it was a little anticlimactic. I don't know. What, what did you think? It, they didn't give it time. Like, they, he has to struggle over that, right? I mean, the spot is he, you know, he's going to throw the chair. Kenta Sato's telling him no, and he does it anyway, and then he gets DQ'd. That's the spot, you know, but that's usually babyface stuff, and I know that ELP is the babyface de facto in this match, but he's not a babyface. Still so, like, you know, it, it doesn't quite work, but, yeah, the finish is weird, but it also reminds me of that weird series of matches where ELP was first, like, really starting to impress us, uh, I think, and then he kept fucking finishes up. Remember that? There was like, yeah. he, he just like, there was finishes that just kept getting fucked up because they were just too ambitious. You know, I think that it was just too much. And this might be something like that. I'm not saying he can't do it. It's just saying it, it didn't, it didn't come off like they wanted it to. Uh, Cause we don't, I don't really know what they were trying to do there. You know, I, I can guess, but I'm not sure. Um, but any match, you know, with Juice Robinson that starts out talking about farts, I'm going to like this match because they accused Kent Sato of farting at the beginning of the match. And, and guess what? And guess what? We know that Juice has a history of sharting. And so he checks Kent Sato for shart and says, no, he's clean. <laughs> I fucking love that. I also Kenta love Sato even doing... looks at the crowd and waves to him going, no, 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 it's fine. No, I didn't I'm do gonna... anything. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I also love when they're doing their slow motion running the ropes thing. The uh, drop down works, you know? <laughs> It's so it yeah. <laughs> Juice looks down, he starts tripping, he goes, whoa! It's slow motion, falls down, the crowd starts laughing. That shit was so funny. It's like <clears throat> they came out to do a parody of a wrestling match <clears throat> because they were going to, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to do a wrestling match. Here we go. Oh, look at us wrestling. That was kind of the story here. And, of course, evil turns on itself, you know, and uh, they have to end up, you know, it always happens that somebody tries to tries to win. Um, but no, this is the match that has the Tenzon Brab in it. It was Juice did it, uh, but ELP that's right. gets the ropes. That, that's this match. Okay. Um, but also, I think my new favorite spot of ELPs is him selling a countout spot. It is the best thing ever. And this one, <laughs> he's just laying in the aisle, and then the camera cuts back, and he's all tangled up in the guardrail, <laughs> and he's going the wrong way. He tries to get in the ring and fails, you know, and has to, like, try three times. He is so good at that. Um, I, I love that. That's just so fun. Um, also, ELP is, you know, he's uh, he's an egomaniac. He thinks he's better than he is, you know, a as evidenced by he always tries the one wing angel and it just never works. And then he loses. I wish that he would have lost because of that in this match, you know, but he didn't. There was uh, also what was the move like? OK, so. Juice sets up like he's going to do the um, – that's what it was. So Juice set up like he was going to do a, a, a Styles Clash, but that's when he put that Tenzon Brab on. And then later on, ELP does hit the Styles Clash. So that was kind of cool, a uh, little, you know, rhyming poetry or whatever you want to call it. I really like this match a lot. You know, the storytelling was good. Um, the sharded thing was really funny, and it's just that finish was goofy. So I would say, you know, this match is a – a peak and a valley on the show. Yeah, agreed. 
really cool match, strange finish. And uh, I think I think El Fantasma, it's a common thing with him. He's ambitious with his finishes. He wants to do things that will stand out. And, uh, you know, I can't blame a guy for that. Good on you. Uh, but sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes it just doesn't, does not work. And uh, did I say that was B-block action? I think that was D-block action because B-block action is next. We have Tomohiro Ishii versus Chase Owens. And I thought this was going to be another super one-sided chase match again, which is just him doing offense for ages and then the other guy finally powering up. But no, this is definitely an Ishii match. It's it's nasty and it's gnarly and it's fucking awesome. Uh, the, I know the finish hurts our souls, Miss Andy. I know that. But it's still a really cool match. Like, there's this really fucking gnarly move. Like, Chase does a sunset bomb on the outside, and Ishii's head goes, like, right through the railings and shit. And I was just like, holy shit. It wasn't, it wasn't even busted open or anything. He's, he's fine. But I was like, ouch, that was gnarly. It looked it's, like his neck, it looked <clears> like he landed neck first on the bottom rung of the barricade because his head went right through it. But yeah. you know, that would that would require Ishii to have a neck. So it just hit him in the shoulder. <laughs> top of the shoulder. <laughs> I thought it was pretty never as fuck. So you you get uh, Chase Owens. He'll do the he'll do a C trigger, and then it's kind of Ishii kind of powering out of that. We get the the kick out at one spot. So both men. We get lots of really cool reverse reversal exchanges and things like that. Well, this one makes the Osaka crowd gasp as well because uh, the you know this G one and maybe the previous one like, at least over like the last year they've slowly kind of made. Chase Owens a light threat. You know, he's he's beaten Tanashi, he's beaten Grana Khan and Tai Chi, he's had a few wins. Son of a bitch. So uh the the crowd knows that, hey, this is the Chase Owens from like three years ago where you're just like, oh, why is he even in the G one? He's just gonna get fucking crushed. <laughs> so, so you know, it, it, it he they're giving him more to do and and I have to give him props here. He's he's not doing shit. He's 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 delivering. And then he does deliver the package pile driver, which crushes my soul and hopes and dreams. But by, by, by the way, at this point, both men are already eliminated, but it's a pride thing at this point, uh, especially for, for Chase, who everyone sees him as a mega jobber and he knows it. So, uh, yeah, it's a big win for him. It's a good match. I wish it went the other way, but, you know, it was great stuff. What do you think? Yeah, this, this match is uh, very good. It's like at first I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, this is just like a normal match. It's nothing, you know, nothing going on until, you know, Ishii tries to suplex Chase onto the barricade on the outside and Chase responds by the sunset flip thing we talked about. And that's when it's like, oh shit, here we go, you know? (laughs) And then after that, it's just strong style main event rhythm, you know? And they just build to these huge moves and, you know, it's great. Like, uh, Ishii hits a huge stalling superplex that makes the crowd like lose it. Uh, There's, you know, all your heavy strikes and reversals and all that stuff. And uh, I have to put Chase Owens over for something he did in this match. Now wrestlers all do this. All right. So I'm not singling him out as someone who does this particularly well or whatever, but you all wrestlers have to do this because if they don't, you fucking notice. Um, But basically here's what happens here is that I got to give him props because He's really doing timing so well in this match. Like he's he like here's what happens. So 
Ishii hits a dragon suplex and Chase is going to fire up from it. But he can see out of the corner of his eye that Ishii isn't getting up yet. So he sells, Chase sells wobbly for a second until he sees Ishii getting up. Then he fires up and hits the great, a really great super kick. That spot doesn't work. It's not as effective if he immediately gets up, runs over, and Ishii's still on the ground. It doesn't work. You know, and Ishii does the same thing later on in the match where he does the same thing for Chase. It's just a nice timing thing. And I thought the timing was just fantastic. You know, uh, great near falls, hard hitting, painful looking pro wrestling moves. I mean, I don't know what to tell you other than this match is awesome. And, you know, Chase wins clean. Uh, there's a lot of that going on lately. You know, obviously the G1 usually has that. That's one of the things that's cool about it is you get clean wins for the most part. And uh, after the match, after the match, Chase, he pins Ishii clean and he walks over to commentary and he just intimidates the shit out of Chris Charlton. They, like Chris, Kevin Kelly offers the microphone, but Chase just walks over to Charlton, rips his headset off and starts talking shit to him and says, put some respect on his name. So I had to. So there we go. <laughs> yes, it's yes, indeed. And here we are. Uh, it's like I've been excited to talk about everything, but. This last match, I think, is the fireworks factory I wanted to get to. It is a block, a, a block action. It is Jonah versus Kazuchika Okada. And I felt like just with uh, talking to you about this match last night, that you have probably picked up a lot more than I did because uh, I think you know a lot more. I don't think you do know a lot more uh, wrestling history and things like that than I do. It just, it's true. It, you've watched a lot more wrestling than I have. It's fine. Oh, it's but, sad for oh. me. You know? <laughs> That's what I spent my life doing. So. Well, you know, I was like 16 when I got into wrestling, maybe 15. So I'm a little yeah, older so you, than, I guess, a lot of people that get into it. Yeah. yeah, I've watched that. Well, well look, here's, an exam- here's, the, here's <laughs> an example of what I was trying to talk about. Like, there's like, okay, so Jonah is a monster. And Okada has, you know, called his shot. He's going to slam it, right? And that's part of the story here. But it's it's about putting Jonah Hex over as a monster. That's what this is. And you, like, I, I'm not I'm not going to pull a wrestling podcaster thing and say, this is the most motivated Okada's been in a long time. But it's kind of true a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think the last match of his where I felt like he was this on fire and like this involved in the match and, and trying as hard as he can was like maybe that Shingo match, but then that will Osprey match from like last year or however long ago it was that, you know, this is, yeah. this is main event Okada, Tokyo dome Okada. That's what this is. He is just, I mean, I Jonah's awesome in this match. Don't get me wrong, but Okada is just shows why he is one of the best wrestlers in the world in this match by the way that he orchestrates everything. So what happens at the beginning is Jonah, he claims the ring. He stands right in the center of the ring, kind of crowds Okada a little bit, who is kind of in the corner looking concerned. Just that, that alone sets a subconscious story in your mind about Okada being intimidated by this giant guy. Right. And, and and you're worried because you're thinking, well, Okada says he's going to slam him. He acts all confident, but mm, I don't know. Right. So it's kind of like King of the Mountain at first, where Okada is trying to move Jonah out of the center of the ring so he can claim him. And and normally, if this, you know, match was going to go a different way, Okada would win that battle. But no, he gets just knocked to the outside and he's like, fuck. And so Jonah, 
this is one of the uh, you know one little scruple i do have with the match there's a couple things that are just like out of place this is out of place is that jonah runs off the apron he, he hits a flying nothing off the apron and it's just and he runs into the barricade and all of a sudden he's fucked up and, and it's kind of like oh man okada's bumping all over man come on so uh you know okada sees that he's not selling that much so he takes his leg and wraps it around the guardrail punches the bunch of times so that was pretty great okada's like i'm gonna put you over even if i gotta do it myself sometimes so uh you know i really like that um it, you know so and it was you know canadian style of course with the leg but okada he takes jonah <laughs> on a journey he's like let's go buddy we're gonna go up the ramp so they go up the ramp halfway for a ddt but then like he's like no we gotta go all the way up the ramp so he hits a bunch of punches on the back to, of uh, jonah and run, they go all the way up the ring and oh my god luke one of the things that makes this match so great is the camera work it is just outstanding because the camera guy is facing the entrance and, and Okada is standing there with his back to him. He had just tried to do DDT, and all of a sudden, Jonah just appears because he does the, like, jumping senton thing and just flattens Okada and stands there triumphantly. Fucking so great. That was one of the amazing camera shots. There's a couple of them in this that are just like, I mean, you can't believe it. It's so great. Uh, let's see here. We get uh, – <laughs> and, and that's kind of where things turn a little bit, too. Uh, Jonah starts beating the shit out of Okada, throwing him into the barricades. He steals Abe, the Abe spot from Evil on accident because he throws Okada. Because Okada's bumping into the guardrail so hard. It's it's amazing. After all kinds of heat on Okada, he finally knocks Jonah Hex down, but he has to hit the I'm a bitch twice and a kick and finally gets him <laughs> knocked down, which is great. And this is another amazing spot. So they're on the outside, and here comes Tito. And he's like, hey, I'm going to beat you up. I sure am. And so he, Okada's not dumb. He knows what's going on. He sees, you know, Tito's eyes darting behind him. He knows Jonah Hex is behind him. So he dodges Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex slams into Tito. And then uh, Okada, uh, what's he do? He he hits the DDT on the floor, right? So you're thinking, okay, this is time to breathe. You know, this match is, is uh, it's going to be slow. It's time to breathe right here. But no, Okada gets in the ring. And he's in he, like Red Shoes is going to start counting. But picture this. The camera guy is standing in that same spot as he was before. Now he's facing the ring. So we are the POV of fucking Okada or uh, excuse me, uh, Jonah Hex and his partner, Bad Tito. And uh, what is uh, what does Okada do? He pushes Red Shoes out of the way. It fits it, like it's this amazing tope. And we see it coming straight at us. Incredible. That shit was so awesome. He, I, I, I love it. He's on a roll, uh, but he's got to try that body slam, right? And so Jonah just spears the shit out of him. It's awesome. There's a big <laughs> double down after Okada hits a backdrop because it fucks his back up so much. Uh, we get a money clip, right? Which is, I mean, maybe Okada's only shot at winning this thing, man. And uh, Jonah gets out. He's overpowering Okada. And that's, that's, that's the problem here, right? So there's a shotgun dropkick in the corner, and we start to learn that the only thing that's going to save Okada is dropkicks, right? So <clears throat> Okada tries to get a little crazy, though, and Jonah ends up uh, coming back, or wait, com coming off the second rope with a standing senton. So he hits that again off the second rope. Okada gets the body slam, though, after that, and he's so great here. Uh, like, his dropkick is the equalizer for him. So he tries several times 
to use that to lead to the Rainmaker. Um, but each time Jonah hits like power moves to win him over or to, to beat him in those scenarios, and Jonah hits an incredible lariat for a near fall here. Uh, you know, Jonah puts Okada on the top rope and chops him, and, and Okada makes this noise like he's dying. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is so great, man. His selling in this match is incredible. He tries, okay, so this is the finish, and this finish is just. You know, we know that Okada, the only thing that's working for him is the drop kick, right? So he, what's his biggest drop kick? Off the top rope. So he goes for the big drop kick, you know, missile drop kick off the top rope. Jonah catches him. Technically, Okada power bombs himself for a power bomb. And then he picks him up again, hits the Black Forest bomb. He goes to the fucking top, hits the torpedo. He wins. I don't know, but that might eliminate Okada. I'm not sure, but that... The match is so awesome. Osaka was just screaming. I mean, you know, I just, I, I thought this was magic, man. You know, and and I, I thought this was like, this is why you say that people say Okada is one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's because of what he can do here. And and this is just, you know, as good as I've seen him in a long time. It was fantastic. Luke, tell me all about it. Dude. So. When I when I watch an Okada match, like I don't know if you ever get into this mindset, but I'll get into the mindset of okay, Okada is winning. He usually wins. It'll be a hard fought victory, but he'll he'll Okada it up, and it'll be fine. He'll make the other wrestler look a million dollars, and just like I just get into that that space. That's just that's what I'm used to, and that's kind of how I felt here. And I'm like, all right, Mr. Jonah, you did great against Cobb, and I'm like, all right, that was your big G1 win. That that was your big win right there. That's fine. I'm, I'm all right with that. But no, no, they weren't done. I think uh, New, New Japan wanted to make it a, a new guy a star. It was awesome. It was fucking exciting. Like that, like he does the that pop up power bomb off the, uh, as uh, Carter comes down for the missile drop kick. Then he hits the black forest bomb. You know he could have just gone for the pin there, but he's just like, no, I want to so put Carter. a. a I want it's a card. I want to put the exclamation point on this. He doesn't get on the top rope and go for the crowd. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck this guy up. No, he gets straight up there and straight down. Boom. One and I didn't believe he was winning until I saw him do the torpedo. I'm like, okay, but it's still a card. So you like you you kind of expect him like 2.999. Nope. One, two, three. Uh, this match is awesome. I know the commentators have been mentioning it, but. This is where I, it just clicks in my brain. I'm like, yeah, all right. Jonah does give me some some Vader vibes in a good way. I'm a big fan of oh, Big Van Vader, one of my favorite big men. A guy who didn't have a, you know, super ripped build. He was just like big, pure muscle, but able to do all this kind of high-fly shit too. So uh, I did like that because I've never had... Super awesome build, so it's always good with someone with different body shapes can pull out all this shit. I fucking love that. So uh, yeah, I love Vader. So uh, if we now have a Aussie one, yes please. That's that's my happy place. I'd love that. So I thought this match was awesome. Surprise finish too. Uh, <clears throat> it doesn't eliminate a Carter. Like that's his only loss so far in the G1. So okay. he's uh, he's definitely still in it. Uh, both him and Jonah are on six points, but uh, Jonah's got wins over now, uh, both over the two favourites of the block, which is uh, Cobb and Okada, right? He, he's beaten both of those men, so whew, 
Yeah, I'm not not sure if that's going to continue. We are, don't, don't, I'm not sure if he's going to defeat Archer or not. Uh, I hope so. It'd be interesting to have yeah. someone new, but like someone new at least be in a finals match. Like that'd be that'd be cool. Like I don't know, but uh, yeah, still, because well, <laughs> who would he? You know, who would he face in the finals? Hopefully, some babyface who's like injured or something. You know, that couldn't possibly win, and then that's the story. You know, slaying the beast, but. <sighs> Luke, do you think, I mean, like, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to prognosticate or anything like that or try to, like, uh, get too excited about something, but it seems like they're setting him up for a future in New Japan, which is exciting. And, like, you know, you don't just get to, Okada doesn't bust out Wrestle Kingdom Okada for nobody. You know what I mean? Like, this is a big deal. I think it feels big in every way it can, you know? Agreed. Uh, like, all right, beating Tanahashi is a big deal, but Tanahashi loses more than Okada does. Okada doesn't lose that often at all. And to lose to, to Jonah, like, I know he's been in strong like, all that for, like, the last year and stuff, but, you know, it doesn't count with me. Like, for him to be, like, this new guy in the G1 and pull out a win over New Japan's top guy, <laughs> that's huge. And just like, as you said, it makes me think, all right, I got a place for Jonah here. And I want to see what that place is, and I want to see what this guy does next. So they made me excited to see at the start of this G1. I'm just like, oh, well, Yano's maybe not a good first match to have because you want to get an indication of how good he is. Second match, I'm like, oh, this feels a bit strong. And then here we are. Here we are with (laughs) what he's done now and what he's capable of. So it's fantastic. I'm excited for the future. Uh, if 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 yeah, if it means more Jonah in New Japan, it might mean some uh, some more bad dude Tito is hanging around a little bit too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he still's got that strong stink <laughs> on him, you know. Like uh, Okada washed it all off of Jonah. Oh, so. he did, he did. He doesn't and smell anymore. <laughs> that's the only time uh, bad dudes got involved in a match, and he didn't really do anything. He just like I'm gonna beat you up. And Akata just flips him the bird, like, right away, just right in his face. Fuck you. And then moves out of the way. It was really cool. I know I know that it's Akata that pretty much did a lot of the stuff to make Jonah look like a million dollars. But I'm on the other hand, Jonah rose to the occasion and fucking crushed it, too, which is yeah. definitely what you want to see, especially if Akata's <laughs> going to job. So... Fucking hell, that was an amazing match. Uh, I will say the previous night was probably, well, it was definitely a lot more consistent, but I had a good time with this, and it had a finish that made me jump out of my seat with how surprising it was. I fucking loved that, especially when I've been, like, a couple of episodes or two ago, I'm like, here's how I think about the four block situation, blah, 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 and, and the shows that they've done after that, most of the time, even though I can see the points and I, I'm like, oh, it's probably going to go this way or whatever, even though I see that, I'm just like, they've managed to make matches and put on matches that make me forget about that stuff and just enjoy the wrestling. And that's what I want. Thank you, New Japan, for doing that. <laughs> Thank you, wrestlers, for being able to take me away from, you know, that that part of my brain and just focus on what the fuck you guys are doing in the ring. Absolutely fantastic. And oh, a big win for Jonah, which means, yeah, at, well, as we said, hopefully big things coming up next. Oh, it's so be, happy, man. It's, 
it's gotta be you know you can't i mean the, all the effort that went into making this happen this has got to be setting something up and and i i'm excited for that because i i think that i mean when was the last giant gaijin heel in japan like i'm not sure you know i i yeah. i'm talking like giant you know i guess lance archer but that's not how he was booked there you know so like I don't know. I'm excited for what that could mean for future matches. And and I, I have to say, I would be very interested to see what how Jay White would handle Jonah. Yeah, that'd be very interesting too. And we so I can tell you right now, all of the wrestlers that are so far uh, eliminated from winning, uh, Toriano is what? out. He, in fact, is the only eliminated wrestler in the A block at the moment. That's bullshit. Uh, in, in the B block... Uh, Chase Owens, Great Okan, and Tomohiro Ishii have all been eliminated. <clears throat> and the only other person eliminated, oh, actually, I think ELP is now, but it doesn't uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they but said our, that on commentary. Yeah. yeah. So El Fantasmo's out in the D block, and in C block, the only wrestler that is fully out out is Aaron Hinare. Oh. So yeah, man, it was three freaking. Monster G1 shows, loving the G1 th- Climax 32. You know, uh, 32! And we have shows tonight and tomorrow night. And Hiroshima! In Hiroshima, we've got uh, Yoshihashi versus Yujiro. <laughs> okay. We got uh, Sonata versus Chase Owens, uh, Tamatonga versus Taichi. And, yeah. Uh, we got Jonah versus Lance Archer. And our main event, oh my god, please don't die. It's Tetsuya Naito versus Kenta. I say that I say that about both men. <laughs> that match is gonna have a lot of comedy in it. I think it'll have a lot more comedy than people think. And uh they you know, but they 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 might try to kill each other. You're right. Damn. Yep. And then we got our Wednesday night show. We've got David Finley versus El Fantasmo. I can imagine El Fantasmo maybe causing a spoiler here. Yeah. Uh, but we've also got uh, Tamatonga versus the Great Okan, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Right. Yeah, that's going to be great. Hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Evil. Okay. Uh, Kazuch- yep, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Tom Lawler. Very interested to see what happens in that match. And our main event is Hiroki Goto versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. So- oh, man. Tanahashi better just like – Go full heel Tanahashi and just heal the fuck out on Goto. I would be so behind that. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, so, what's the date today? For me, it's the 9th. The G1 finishes on the 18th. So, we're we're in the final stretch. Wow. Uh, over the hump. Over the hump. It's almost, it's almost over. Got another week and a bit to go, Mr. Mr. Andy. Uh, holy shit. Then we finish off at the Nippon Budokan. So... Whew. Oh my goodness. Luke, I, I'm I'm experiencing something this year that I've experienced before, but like not to this degree. And it's like where, where you kind of just are living life and like two months goes by and you're like, wow, like, holy shit. This summer has been like, it's over almost like what happened? You know? So I, I don't know. I've enjoyed it. It's just wild how quick uh, time's been going this year. Part of that's just, because of the G1 and because of all the fun New Japan stuff that we get to do. I mean, they say time flies when you're having fun. And I'm always having fun. 
That's right. Oh my god, it's G one season, and it. And I'm. I know this is going to sound bad, but I'm a tiny smidgen, little bit glad that Kota Ibushi is not in it, because I swear if he'd want to fucking again, 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 again. Oh damn! Stop booking me, booking him. So I hate him because he's one of the best to I've ever seen. So stop doing that in Japan. They know how to book people, but I don't know. They they took some they, steps. They booked him like they booked Okada a lot, you know, and and like with Okada, it only like I, I think that Okada was the most over as a babyface when he was in that initial amazing. It's not his first title run, but the big one, the one where he beat like ten people oh, yeah. or whatever. That that was when New Japan was getting noticed by a lot of fans, and and like he, you know, I think that was his most over time as a babyface. I don't remember why I brought that up. Yeah. Uh, besides, I don't like full babyface Ibushi. Like, I don't mind if he's oh, he starts off doing a, a, a match like that. But then I want to see his opponent just smack him in the face or give him one too many kicks, shitty kicks or, or something like that. And then it's murder Ibushi. Like, that's my jam. That's my shit right there. Yeah. I can't do that so always, though. I mean, it's No, you, it's you really lot. can't. It's a lot. Uh, I, I would like to see a match where he comes out as, you know, he's already been activated and he just comes out and smashes someone. I That is one thing that I wish New Japan would work in more often. I mean, you don't have to do it very often, but a squash match, I'm not mad at that when that happens. That's fun, you know, and uh, I'm hoping maybe with these last few uh, nights of the G1, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a squash match. That'd be fun. We'll get a couple surprises. I guess that was just uh, a long-winded way of me saying, I kind of miss Ibushi. And uh, also, you know, as much as I've enjoyed the commentary, be it with uh, Kevin and a wrestler or Kevin with Chris, where's Gino at? Give me some Gino on the commentary. Yeah, too. we miss Gino. You know, put him on the put him on the shows. Get, get him on there. How amazing would it have been for Gino to be there on commentary when Jonah defeated uh, Okada in Osaka? Oh my God, he would have gotten in the ring, and celebrated with him for sure. That would be even though he's Bullet Club, been, he totally would have done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing. I would have loved. Well, he he loses spot on Bullet Club, but I mean, is he even in there anymore? We don't. Was he ever in Bullet Club? It might have never happened, you know. But did he get? His yeah, we miss suit? Gino. Bring him back, yeah. You yeah. know, maybe I'd get get him a plaid tracksuit, or maybe that silver tracksuit that Royce Isaacs was wearing on night two, man. Or well, night thirteen, I mean, that was that was some tracksuit. I was very impressed, and I was definitely jealous. That's a, Royce Isaacs has gotten over with you just with his tracksuit game. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I like tracksuits. I saw the gentleman, and it was over after that. You know. Yeah. Oh, you mean the uh, Guy Ritchie movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. Whew. It's really All right. Funny. It is really funny. And, oh, my God, we've we've reached the end. We've covered three huge G1 shows. And it's, man, it's getting really hard to squeeze in some Star Trek talk up in here. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. also, rest in peace, Michelle Nichols, who's... Man, that one really hurt. I know, 89 is pretty good age to, to go and all that stuff, but... Oh, well. Just, just to bum everyone out for the ending there. How's that sound? Hey, you remember remember in, like, Star Trek... Which one is it? I think it's Star Trek Six. 
undiscovered country where she does a, a sexy dance to distract some bad guys. <laughs> they're like they're like in the desert trying to break out of a prison or some shit, and she does a sexy dance with some like leaves and. <laughs> I love that. That's she, that. That's definitely something that happened. I thought you were going to mention like her seducing the transporter guy for like a short time in Star Trek three and then was shoving, shoving him in a locker or something like that before they transport onto the Excelsior or something. But uh, yeah. All right. She was fucking awesome. I love Michelle Nichols and I love new Japan pro wrestling. And unless Mr. Guy has anything he wishes to add. In Gato, we trust. Extremely lame pooper. <laughs> 